listening to Battle Turf Podcast. Uh, I'm Adzi and I've got Richie Myers here telling us many wonderful tales that may or may not be true. They could be completely fabricated, but uh, I think you probably know uh, if they are or not. Um, mate, Richie, you partied uh, in Hollywood and all these sorts of things. I'm sure there's more stories, but when did you start heading south of the border and hunting the waves of Mexico and how did you hear about it and stuff like that? Going up in Southern California... Um that was the very first thing we ever did because um, it's right on our border. And, you know, working in, since I've been, I've been working since I was 12 years old, uh, you know, delivering newspapers and working in restaurants and car washes. So you know, I'm always working with the Hispanics. Um, we call, they call them wetbacks there, but, you know, people just trying to make a living and they send their money back to Mexico. So I learned of a lot of the... Mexican language, not it's Spanish derivative, but it's it's uh, you know it's Mexican language in, in that you don't learn in school, so just get by Mexican language. So get along with those um, characters, and they were really nice people. There's people like us. Yep. And um, one of my best friends in my wrestling team, he's passed away, but he he his uh, brothers were surfers, and they would take us down to Ensenada when we were young and we just got the taste right there at the adventure and um, in the, I think 1969 or something so my friend was the first one to get the car and we just go down there and we always look for an 18 year old to go with because they don't care who goes in into Mexico back then anybody go in it's just coming back yeah right so it was, and freaking, what was, it? It was wild west it was yeah. wild west and what was the eighteen-year-old for? Why did he need um, for because the driving? The, the, yeah, no, the legality of not leaving America to go to Mexico. Oh, okay, but yeah. you didn't need passports then to go over the border. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now you do. Yeah, yeah. So, did you go into Baja first? Baja, or? yeah, because we're right on the on, on the Baja Peninsula, Tijuana, and then that was where all you know, the, uh, some very probably the darkest part of the world. It's, it's like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. There, it's, it's always been. So you get through there, and you you know if you get through, it's like running the gauntlet. You pay bribes always, and you just yep. try to get in and out of there. And you, then you go to, through Rosarita, and there's some really good surf spots there, like um, K38, and some unreal spots. And then you go to Ensenada, but it's just it's called Northern Baja, and all the San Diego guys and uh, California guys have been surfing those like Vance Burrow for forever. Um, some excellent surf spots, but it's wild west, like I say, and you're guilty for being um, a gringo, right? So no matter what you do, you're guilty. Yeah, yeah. And and but it's adventurous too, you know. It's, it's wild west, it's guns and everything. Um, so that's why I started doing that. And the surf's unreal. Um, every, about every ten trips, you know, we get worked and pay and get thrown in jail, whatever. Guns are heads. Really? And that you got just, chucked in jail in Mexico oh, too? Yeah. Or more like just a lo- lock up? No, what they do is they um, they put you in the car and you got a bribe and they're laughing, laughing, laughing. And they put the gun in your head and they go, oh, here's my, oh, no, oh, oh this pocket, that pocket. Um, oh, so it's yeah. a lot of bribery and this and that. Or So getting a gun put to your head was a pretty regular occurrence on a, they, uh, on a surf uh, trip down there, like once every 10 trips, you reckon? Yeah, I'd say once every 10. I mean, I had an Uzi in my mouth one morning, and um, oh, right. I had a gun in my head. What uh, for? No, nothing really. No, because they're just doing a, um, a, a camp search. And then 
So of all the gringos, you know, these what happens over there back in the 70s, the federales, they don't get paid much. So they're, they're let's say, a government army troop. So once you've done your tour, they give all you get. You don't get paid. You get your uniform and your your Uzi or whatever. Uh, M, what are those things? Like M19 or something? Yeah, yeah. So you get that. So you have a uniform. And then, then you got the municipal police. You got all these different police, and they get underpaid. So these guys, they started setting up, you know, go, gosh, now what are we going to do? Well, let's rob gringos. Right. Because gringos pull over for uniforms with guns. So we do. So yeah. we think they're the authority. Anybody with a gun and a uniform, yeah. you know, you do what they say. Yeah. And then they start playing seeds of marijuana and this and that. And, and um, they extorted us. So they would come through camp and, you know, and you just pay the bribe and you get out. Yeah. Some people, you know, you know, if you start fighting the bribe, you get deeper, deeper trouble. Yeah. Right. So you just pay it. Yeah. And one time, I guess these other guys fought the bribe in K 55 and I'm in my VW van sleeping hung over. I had tequila yeah. made in Mexico. Shit. Oh man. And I go, so okay, tequila hey, hangover. and the guy, I guess go, ah, and, and yeah, I was a, Freaking M19 in my mouth. I'm a, probably a not, guy same age as me. No way. Yeah, about 19 so, year old Mexican. Yeah. And he goes, I go, oh, 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 what was that? He goes, then I, but I knew to play naive and stupid. And he goes, I go, hey, what's wrong? Oh, what was that? And he goes, oh, oh, eh, you have mota. That's marijuana. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm an athlete. I don't, I don't do mota. I'm an athlete. I'm a, I, 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 play, I play basketball for Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's going, yeah. Athlete, oh, this is muy bueno. And then I, so I changed the subject, and, I, and all these other guys are in handcuffs and they're being thrown in these paddy wagons. Far out. In the middle of this filthy um, top of the place where we surf. It, it was a routine thing. Was you it just like never a little know village or a city? Huh? Or you, was it like no, in the middle on, of nowhere? Or? No, it's, it's in between Rosary and Sonata. Uh, um, so it's like a village or something? Yeah, they, oh, there's just little spot villages. Yeah. So. You know, we're not way down there like Escondido or where you were. Yeah, we're we're um, border towns they call them border towns and yeah. and and very well known surf spots like you know Sam get all those little. There's so many good little surf spots there, so you'd always get a clump of us Americans that come down, and it's our cheap little vacation because we're yeah. just surfer bums. Yeah, um, and and mostly it's all right. Everybody likes us and everything, but every now and then you get these rogue. Like I say, federalized who are off of their shift, and they have that, and then they just figured out, well, hey, here's a good way to make money because gringos aren't allowed to have guns or what. Yeah, you know, it's and, and you're guilty till innocent. So they took advantage of you and they scare you and you just pay them and then they get money and then you go. But sometimes if you tried to be a um, arrogant dickhead, they go, oh, we'll show you what. You know, and they just beat the shit out of you. Yeah, or no, no, you you, you just get lost in the oh, system. That you is... go, you go in the gnarliest prison you ever. It's like a ransom. Just really, just, you don't even. Want, I have. I, I wasn't that stupid to go that far. Yeah. Did I, you ever I, have mates that just vanished? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I, I basically got killed, and never seen again. Really? Shot, and some guys escaped for, for um, over nothing, really. And they were surfer guys. Yeah, surfer guys. One of my best friends, and just recently a guy just got Ian. Uh, this other guy just got murdered down there um, a couple months ago. Just yeah. for catching somebody robbing his house, murdered through on a well and his girlfriend. But it happens all the time. Yeah, right. And um, so down there, yeah, so you just being naive is the best way through it. What we do, what I've learned is you don't go be flashy. You, you're as 
look as poor as them or poorer. Yeah. If you're an arrogant, you know, American, or look at me and you have these shiny, look at my new boards, look at my new um, dirt bikes I have on the back, everything's shiny, I got the best new car. You're, you're a target. Um, so you go down there and you have a dirty, dented up car, you're, you know, you just look as, you know, as downtrodden as them, and you get, you know, they, they just want the shiny, look at me, Americans. Yeah, right. And yeah. obviously, you know, it's like a lure. Yeah. So, appears, so I learned yeah. that early on, and this guy come and I, I used to ride dirt bikes and all that, and uh, I guess guy had a Suzuki too busy. So the guy California plate, and he come in with the, the guy who just had the machine gun in my mouth, said, okay, um, oh yeah, no, you can't, you can't, you have moto. I go, no, no, no moto. I, like I said, I'm an athlete. Yeah. He goes, but you have tequila. I go, but I bought it here because it's Mexico. <laughs> and then I just go, okay, I'm not. This oh, guy, good. he's going to get me. He just wants something. Yeah. So I changed. I go, hey, I have a bike like that. Where'd you get the bike? Oh, I have a Suzuki, too. And I just saw that Calif- He just took it from the other guy. got thrown in the van. Really? <clears throat> and he goes, yeah, I just, how do you work? And I go, oh, I know. You go like this. Boom, boom, boom. And go, oh, man, they're the best bikes. Suzuki 250. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he goes, really? Oh, thanks. So I showed him how to do it and all that. And yeah. How to he, had a, he threw his... 19 or him, he goes, okay. Put his gun oh, on his back. And- hey, no problem for you. <laughs> and they took me off. Yeah, uh, I didn't just, know the other guys. Fuck. They were goners. And oh, I yeah. just going, we're out of here. Fucking hell. And, um, and that was just one of the times I've had a, you know, just, oh, it's, it's, it is absolutely not exaggerating how gnarly it was in the 70s. There and how many Americans actually did get killed and murdered? Surfers mostly. Well, oh no, fishermen. Um, oh yeah. Like like a lot of uh, fishermen with RUVs and things. They they would always, you know, there's isolated points, so they would actually pick them out and um, and they finally the government finally found out they had an FBI investigation Mexican to find out who these guys were because we America put a, a ban on us going there, and Guy Motil he's a used to be a Fame, a good surfing magazine photographer. He told me he went down. I went down there with him on the thing. He <clears throat> was in the van. They did a. They took. There's only one road down Baja Peninsula, back and forth, back and forth. So what they did is they, the government of Mexico and America, put together a sting, and they they just got these Americans to go back and forth in the UV towing a boat, 1,200 miles back and forth. Till they, they find out who the who these girl, but in, the people were, but inside there is all, um, you know, like the FBI SWAT team, wow. Mexican. No way. And I, I know exactly where this happened. It's down right north of Guerrero, about halfway to the peninsula, on this two-way only highway you have. Yeah. And so they finally got the guy, the guys, and yeah. they're the federal. This is how we knew they're the federalists in their uniforms. And the, the federalists pull these the Sting team over, thinking they're just regular, you know, t- uh, American tourists, easy target. Yeah. And go, okay, want to search your van, and we're going to murder them and take all the stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> and then out pops the Mexican FBI yeah. hit squad. It goes, oh, got you guys. Okay, line up here on the side of the highway. Uh, this is just like going on Caves Road. Yeah. You guys just stay there. Okay. Then go, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they go, what do you want to do with them? And my friend Guy Montilgas goes, he just watched, he, he, he was the international you yeah. know, guy, associate yeah. press guy. He just says, 
Bang! Buried them right there. They're still buried right now on the side of the road there. Oh, yeah. End of the problem. Fucking hell. Um, so now Americans were allowed, you know, we go, okay, now it's safe to travel to Mexico. And there oh, hasn't shit. been a problem since. Jesus. So, mate, it must have, you must have been getting some bloody good waves down there to warrant going back if it's, you're just getting guns pulled on you constantly. No, but, but the, you, just, it's a, it's a, you just never know, but I say it's also your attitude. You never have a problem. Your attitude brings the problem. Yep. As soon as you are an arrogant prick, because they've, they, you know, um, there's always been an animosity between America, you know, gringos and yeah. Mexicans forever because and, of Texas and all this stuff. And they just want money at the end of the day. Nah, well, yeah, they have a different thing, and they just uh, actually, um, they just can't stand you thumbing their nose up at them and look at what I got, and you're just a peasant. Yeah. And as soon as you become to their level, and, and it's a respect, a respecto. Yeah, right, respecto. A respecto. So, mate, um, tell us about uh, some of those surf trips now that we've got all the crazy uh, gun drawing and so getting people trips. disappearing. Mate, some of the mental surfs you got down there. Um, is, when, when did you tap into Porto Escondido for the first time? Well, 1979, we went down there. A couple of my friends are good surfers. And they just, for some reason, invited me. And I go, wow, that's really nice, you guys. Because I just kind of moved in that area. And um, I go, they go, do you want to do this thing? And I go, and I heard about, because a Newport crew from Russell Surfboards, they went down there. And I saw pictures of some big barrels that looked like big Zuma Beach. I go, let's go. And then we got the tip that bring a gun. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I got a Robbie Dick shaped me this unreal 7-8 gun, and they had 8-footers. I actually thought you meant normal guns then for a second. No, no, you aren't allowed but those. You've been no, talking no, about I mean, so many a, other a guns. surfboard gun. <laughs> Normally, I know what you yeah, mean oh, by yeah. a gun, but you're totally... I would have brought that too. <laughs> but, but, um, I'm all over the place. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, so I bring a big wave board, and okay. it's, it's, it's Zuma Beach on steroids. And um, I don't know how we got so lucky. We get there, and it, you know, there's no airport, so we went through... Oaxaca and over the mountains on a gnarly bus and you know you see down this cliff people that just all the dead people are still down there 2,000 feet from the last bus <laughs> shit and you're just going wow okay so we get there we, over the hills and, and all the drug guys in Chiapas they're, has, they're lassoed by friend at midnight and it, it's pretty gnarly but we like I say you just play stupid and naive and you just go oh, you know I know nothing and then um, get down and through those big Sierra Madres or whatever into Puerto Escondido at the top. And we look out and I'm, it, I just see these lines that look like Hawaii, but gnarlier coming in so fast and ba boom. And there weren't very many surfers in and there was no town. There was a little town and there was definitely nothing south of the rock where the waves break that we know to La Punta, nothing. Right. And um, I had a seven, eight and we're, you know, used to riding six sixes and all that, and that seven eight I could have used a nine footer. Really, it was because, it, but it was just so unreal. It was just like the biggest, best barrel ever. Even if you didn't come out, and I, I just, just I fell in love with the place right there. My other friends kind of didn't dig it. They kind of want to go to La Punta. Yeah, but, right. Which is a pretty epic wave in its own yeah, right, but, but, but it's totally just, different. To I just wanted the big barrel. And the right, not the left, because they're always filming the left because no one could walk down a hot beach and look at the right. This is before then. Yeah. And um, 
but we weren't allowed to take pictures because Juan and Herman, the local proud guys, they're very Indian-like, but they got exploited by the Newport guys before we came. So they said, no gringos take pictures because you guys take pictures yourself and not us. Yeah, right. And um, I appreciated that fact. But So we weren't allowed to take pictures. Wow. So everything is in our head. And um, I went there four times. It was $10 a month at the bungalow. <laughs> Sick. Um, I served from 5.30 at Reveille till 10.30. 10.30, the, the, the wind breeze in. came in yep. and, and crumbled it because you have to have an offshore to keep it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. For um, four years. And I got it wired the right. I just got it wired. It was one of the only places I got wired in my life. Mate, it is the biggest, heaviest beach break. I surfed at like six to eight foot and it scared the hell out of me. It was so gnarly. Um, no doubt you surfed it much more. Oh, yeah. Than that. Well, I would say probably the biggest power wave I've ever got. So, like, you know, like I say, we're saying with you know, the 12 foot waves, I, I have a picture of me on a 12 foot wave and you measure my board. So it's 22 foot face. And that, you know, that was, I've had way bigger waves than that. So maybe 30 foot faces. Yeah. But, the thing is with Puerto, for some reason, the way it hits the sandbar, when you're paddling for an eight-foot wave, by the time you catch it and commit, it turns it into a 12-foot wave. So mentally, it's it's not like if you go for a big wave at Yelling, I would say you're looking at a gnarly wave. For Mentally, I think I'm not going on as big as wave until actually it hits that sandbar after I've committed. And then, just then it jacks. jacks up. So, so mentally, yeah. it was easier to just go for these big waves right. once you're committed on on the visual part. But I, you know, I just went for the right time. I just really had the most wired thing I've ever had in my life. It's the only place I've ever dialed in. Not point breaks, but this place, I, the right. So it's just my favorite wave of the whole world. I haven't surfed it since 1981 now. Yep, yep. Because it's just totally changed. But I, I had that wired, and best day of my life was with this guy from Virginia named Paul Dardon. He died. He was one of the best surfers. He was a little guy. And I didn't know East Coast surfers surfed good. But he had him and he had an eight foot board. It was eight to eight to ten foot back. So I guess what it's twelve to sixteen foot faces. Most yep. perfect day of my life. Never forget this. We, we, it, it was bang you just see these perfect waves and we get deeper and deeper. We both get a barrel but it was so perfect that you hit the, you kick out, hit the rip, but the rip would take you back to takeoff spot. No way. Never had this before. It's like, it, I wasn't fighting anything. And, wow. and then I get deeper, he get deeper, and it was just two of us, no leg ropes. And I remember one wave I got so deep, the, the spray hit me in the face this way. Yeah. And I still came out. <laughs> and we did this for three hours. And I, to this day, I've never, ever... It was the best I've ever surfed in my life. The best surf I've ever had. I'll never get that again. No one took pictures. Paul Dardon died in a car accident after I found out. And I found out later he's a, a legend guy from Virginia Beach. Yeah, right. A so when you say the spray hit you in the spit, hit you in the I'm face. I'm going right in the barrel. I'm yeah. so deep and it's bending that I got actually, it's just like marbles hitting me in the face. Like coming back at you from the that opening. Com- yes. Wow. And still made it so out. So you're like behind the spit. And yeah. spitting backwards at you, sort of, or something. And came out. And I've then still coming never out. had that happen. Oh, that sounds insane. And, and I actually came out, and Paul's going, Ooh, and then he would do it. And it was, it was almost easy. It was so clean and perfect to read. There was... Wow. You know, I, I'll never see this. I, I, 
I just because there's a lot of closeouts normally. At, oh at yeah, it, like normally it's, it's I like go out at five thirty. I come at ten thirty. If I got three waves, I'm yeah. stoked. Yeah, yeah. Five thirty to ten thirty every day. It was yeah. a regiment. Three waves, and you, you just you got to pick them because the, the three peaks shift all the time with the rips. Yep. You got and it's not like you know any picture could say, oh, those are like neos. Oh, mm. this place is. You got to figure it, and it's um. Th this day was the probably the of my entire 60 years of surfing was the most perfect dream day that I could, I'll never, I'll never match that. And I'll never, I mean, it's, it's just a dream. Sick. E unreal. It was easy. Eight really? to 10 foot, you know, this velvet, just so readable. Wow. Just so, and, and, and you just, Cause it is you, know, and you know how it bends? And you can't see out, but then it opens up. Wow, that sounds unreal, man. Such and, and, a but that's out of sixty battle. years. That's my only one that I can actually just go. So that was the epic. Sick. That sounds unreal, man. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah. And you were saying uh, before we started the body today that uh, about the no leg ropes and and tell yeah. us that story that you were telling me earlier. Well, I've never. Uh, so I was growing up, you know, surfing I, without leg ropes, so I learned how to, you know. <clears throat> balance and use leverage and balance and, and um technique so because we didn't have leg ropes so you, you know you got to be aware what you're doing yeah but and you said I, it was beneficial in puerto escondido specifically. oh yeah and then like i didn't i've never i didn't break a, a board there then the guys because we were scared even us guys just go well big waves we all thought that you drowned we didn't know yet yeah like i, I remember dave Kalam and all these guys in hawaii before they started doing the jaws we really didn't know if the big waves, maybe they'll drown you. So yeah. no one really knew if you should wear a leg rope out there. We figured better lose your board and not drown. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my thought still because I'm still an old school dinosaur. So, so you were thinking your leg rope was going to somehow make you drown? Yes, yes. How? By holding you? Well, um, yeah, by holding me down and dragging me and not letting me get past the impact. Right. And, and since it, um, Puerto Escondido breaks so close to the beach, that I could get there faster than being dragged underwater to there. And it's a soft sand. Yeah. It's, um, for some, you know, Zuma Beach is a hard sand, like you break your neck. Yeah. This is a soft sand, and don't forget how warm it is. Yeah, yeah. So once you get in that vortex and you just, you're like a pip, you get spit out the back, or um, there's only so much hold down you're going to get. It's an impact, bang, but you're so close to the beach. And you're on a single fin too? Yeah, oh, single fin all the way. Yeah, yeah, big singly. Sick. I mean, t single fin, big two right. I, I don't, you get forward so you don't have to stay in way back there. You get forward yeah. drive. So, I, I, you know, that's the only way I know how to do it. Sick. I mean, if I went back there, I'd get a single fin. Would you? Yeah. No leggy. No leggy. Because. Yeah. And you said you'd never snap the board there ever. Never. And then as soon as people start using leggies, because the leverage, you get in a weird spot, board starts snapping. No way. And I, I mean, believe me, I didn't make all, I, I just rode close out barrels and go, Poop. but in saying that, one, on a small day, about five or six foot day, on my six, four, single fit, I was going mm, right in the tube and then, boom. I, I came up, you know, because like, like that mo day, I get pop up and I go, hmm, where's my board? Hmm, ah! And it got compressed at the bottom. It shot up hit me in the nutsack really <laughs> and i i was wearing speedos and and shorts and i went i i just went in shock i, I don't feel pain yet but i want to die right now i'm going to drown i read i know something happened and this isn't good 
and I was down the beach, more toward the point. I was riding the right way down, and I'm going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is fuck. And I just floated in. I'm bleeding, bleeding. All my friends are surfing. They go, what's wrong with Richie down there? Fuck, he's laying on the beach. And they all come down, and I'm going, I'm, just, you know how it's so warm and oh, it's frothy. It's cooking and, I go, and hot. I'm yeah. lazy, and I just. Blood's pouring, and my board's washing. Blood's pouring I, out of your testicles at this oh, point. Oh my, I'm just going, and I just go, I don't want to know, I don't want to know, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. And I go, oh my God. And they just go, let me look, let me look. I go, oh, let me, they go, oh shit. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> my board, the tip of my fiberglass board, it went through my shorts, my Speedos, and my scrotum. Yeah, severed my right testicle in half. Oh, fuck! And the the all my pubic hair was still in the fiberglass of the tip of my nose. Oh, and I just go shoot me here. I want to die right now. I don't want. I just want to die. I just want to freaking die. They go, no, come on, Richie, Richie. Nah, but we. And there's a there's a donkey on the beach. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I'm not joking. Oh, you I know you're not. That's why it's Francis, funny. the talking mule, we called him, and he had mange. He had mange, oh, and he, he's an outcast donkey, no other donkeys. You know, he just sit there, and he look at, he stand on the beach, and look at his surf every day. And he, and he they go, well, we, it's a long way back to the bungalows. And the sand's so hot. Oh, it was so hot, and I'm just wanted to die. I'm bleeding. And Francis, the talking, the meal, he just sitting there, yeah. but no one want to touch it because he had mange. Yeah, yeah. He's just fucking festered. Yeah. In. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. disgusting. They threw me over the back like a cowboy movie. Yeah. And they, 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 they grabbed his ears and they pulled me back like this all oh. the way to the bungalows. And that was the most horrendous, hottest. Stinky. Thing. Oh, just right. Then I'm going, uh, well, I got, I've already got this infested thing here. Yeah, so you're to split wide open at this stage, obviously. Yeah, what, what's, what, this, what am I going to get from the skin disease that yeah. nobody wants to know about this donkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get me back there. They lay me back all, and, and they just go, oh, my God. God, oh Jesus, Rich. Oh, ah, I won't want that. Thanks for making me feel better. And there's no doctors, and we got no telephones. No. And I'm like, you know, there's nothing. And so they got played bar, and they put hydrogen peroxide all over. Oh. Bubbling everywhere. Oh, Jesus. My balls are swelling up. I'm just going, oh, okay, well, that's it. That's freaking it. And then, you know, a lot of these guys, they like drugs, you know. Yeah. My friends. Yeah, that's cool. It's Mexico. And they go, they go, but hey, man, we want maybe we get some volumes out of this. I was actually about to ask you if you yeah. had any prescription no, no, painkillers or something. They have up the street. Um, so the 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 Mexicans they said no more um, over the counter drugs for gringos right. because every that's the era. So everybody yeah. just took advantage of it. Yeah, just bought whatever. And they go, wow, we got an idea. Now we get some drugs. We'll use Richie. <laughs> so they go, they, they, you know, I'm laying there. My balls are getting bigger. I need a wheelbarrow to walk. Oh. And then they go, okay, um, you, we can't get him down here, but if we go up to the top of the hill where the witch doctor lives, and there's a, there's, we'll bring him up there to oh, where the Mexicans go. So they take me in a, in a taxi, go out there, and I walk in, I go, oh, and they, and they bring him in. And they so go, they put you in a taxi? You yeah, they put me in a taxi. What, what, did you wrap your balls up with something? Oh, I, I, like I said, I, I had a, I could barely walk in like a wheelbarrow. Go, oh. But what, do you have a towel wrapped around? Oh, yeah, and I, and, but, this is torture, but they're just so thinking about themselves. They go, how do we get some drugs? So I go walk in there, and I'm the only one that really speaks Spanish of all my crew. Yeah. And um, they go, okay, okay, your turn, Richie, go in there. And I go, oh, I go, oh, um, 
con permiso, con permiso. Excuse me, excuse me. And I go, mucho dolor. She goes, ¿qué? Mucho dolor means what? I go, it really hurts. She goes, ¿qué? Okay. I go, mi huevos. Huevos? That means, you know, eggs. Yeah, eggs. Huevos, mucho dolor. Oh, yeah, that's huevos. Oh, my huevos, mucho dolor. My eggs hurt very much. <laughs> and, and she goes, I go, I need some Valium, Azul Valium, Blue Valium. Yeah. She goes, oh, no, no. Uh, the federal said, no mas Azul Valium for the gringo. Yeah. The gringos. I go, yes, yeah, yes, you, you, you conozco, uh, pero, pero, mi huevos is mucho grande. <laughs> and she goes, uh, she, she, she goes, no, I'm so, lo siento, no, I'm sorry. And I go, mira, mira. And that means, look, look. I, so I pull my pants. Ah! She goes, ah, okay, okay, okay. How many? I don't know, uh, cientos, a hundred. Yeah. She goes, okay, get out of here. And so they throw me back in the taxi. My friends take the hundred Azul Valiums. Yeah. We go up there, and they're just going, they, they buy, you know, some Coronas on the way back. They're buying it. And they Everyone's threw me. Stoic. They got Valium. They, they got. They throw me back in my hammock, and they gave me four out of a really? hundred. No way. I had two more weeks to stay there. And we couldn't end this first trip because, um, you know, there's no airplanes, yeah. and we're booked in for a certain t time, and we had to take the bus back to Alcapoco this time. Right. And so I had to sit there for two weeks with giant huevos. But and four how dunes. did they fix up the bloody cuts and? All oh, that? I just kept pouring that, that on, and not I couldn't do anything. I just, so there's no stitches. No or stitches. Nothing. Any tape? No covering. Um, no tape. Well, just all I could do Jeez. is clean it, clean it, clean it. So lucky you didn't doctors, get an infection. Oh, it was so lucky because you know how humid it is. Yeah. So I was freaked out, freaked out, freaked out. I finally get back to America after. Yeah, you, know, you can't ruin your friend's surf trip because we, yeah, you know, well. you know we, it's a hard <laughs> enough to get there to get back. You just don't, oh, one guy cuts his balls open. We don't leave. <laughs> so I took it for the team. But the fact is that they took nine, 96 of my Valiums and gave me four. I'm the one in pain. No way. And and I'll, I'll never forget that. But yeah, I get that's back, rough, man. And, and, then, and, and they didn't, you didn't go and get any more or anything. I couldn't. Yeah. That, that was it. That was, that was it. That and, was the script. Know, and those guys were fucked. They couldn't surf anymore because they were just on Valiums all the time. So why couldn't we leave? You know? And I'm just oh, going, I get back and I, I finally see a doctor in America and he goes, oh, you'll never have kids. Yeah, but right. But you know, I have two. Yeah. But I had uh, three balls for a year because it severed it like a big cherry. And to this day, it's just this, it's just bigger than that one. One's bigger than the other one. And, um, but I'm glad I had kids because... It took a year to fuse. Wow, to join back together. Yeah, it was like a Bing cherry. <laughs> Mate, you're so lucky to survive that. I mean, oh. you know, in that day and age, you could and just that, so yeah, easily get infected. There's nothing there. Don't forget, we don't have. There's zero. It was met. It was witch doctors. Um, you know, mules with mange. Yeah, yeah. Just or just the as you say, the humidity. The and humidity. The dirt and, um, and, and the infections. Oh, you man. get infected just by. By a bite. Yeah, for sure. So I'm very lucky. Hey, this is Matt Brumley, and you're listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. Hey, T-Bone. Hey, Namu. Hey, uh, do you like red wine, mate? Love red wine, mate. What's your favorite red wine? That's easy, mate. Forrester State Winery. It's the best wine making in the Southwest, maybe even Australia, maybe even the world. I'll tell you what. Wine, wine, wine people know this. Their tuar at their uh, vineyards is amazing. Tuar? What is tuar, Nemo? 
Apparently it's the uh, the ground and the conditions that the grapes grow in, mate. That sounds amazing to me, mate. I tell you what, you can't go wrong with a Forrester Stater winery. Get amongst it, people. Whew. Well, it's a lovely Friday afternoon sitting in the treetops in the Yelling Up Zone in a beautiful area in the southwest. And uh, one thing I like to do on a Friday afternoon is get myself a cheeky monkey. I wonder where I can get a cheeky monkey. I can get your one out of the back of me ute down the bottom there of the treehouse there, Namu, if you like. Engel is running cold. Ah, stick, Adzi. How about a double IPA limited release dank pineapple party? Oh. <laughs> I do like a dank pineapple party, Adzi. Comes in at a casual 8%, and uh, once you really get it down to that one degree mark and pour it into a nice open mug, I think you'll find that while sitting in the treetops and yelling up, it will really wet your whistle quite appropriately. You're guilty. You. Yeah, Chicky. What about those... So you're in love with Porto Escondido. And yeah. I know there's obviously a point break down the end of that bay. I've, I've been lucky enough to be there, uh, which the is one, La Punta. Two, two hours north. Yeah, well, I was talking about La Punta. Oh, Just, La, La, you know, Punta. It's La Punta. A night, it's yeah. a really good left hand. Actually, yeah, it's yep. really bloody good. I've a couple of times. Yeah, I'm sure. It, and it does get fucking really good, obviously. Yeah. But I've never, now, I've, I, it was crowded. We served it. Two other guys. It was crowded. Oh, two other guys. <laughs> yeah, my friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was crowded. They were building wave hogs. <laughs> and Valium hogs, mm. obviously, too. No, these weren't the Valium hogs. Oh, they came later. Okay. Um, but, mate, Mexico is now known for incredibly long tubing right-hand point breaks. Um, yes. Did you... Yeah. I, I mean, you guys were probably so focused on the 12-foot tubes at Porter. Did you ever find any of those right-hand point breaks, or did you Did you never really... Because um, they're a bit further did, away. We did my fourth time down there because I knew the place, and I wasn't a surf star, like... But because I knew the place, I knew... Um, I, every, the filmmaker goes, okay... Rich could talk to the locals. He knows locals. He speaks the language, and he's been there. So they they took me down for this movie called uh, Tales of Seven Seas, and Jay Riddle and Terry Fitzgerald were the surf stars. Right. So luckily for me, and because I also you know I could surf, but yeah, and that was all that. So I got the they brought me along, and that was a paid trip. I go, I, I was just ecstatic. I go, you know, any kids' dreams come true. Yeah. To go with these surf stars. Surf me, and I, I wasn't the focus of you know being the film guy, but yep. they did film me. But um, they they wanted me for the credibility I knew with the locals. And we got down there. My local friends go, "Hey, Ricardo, you're a good man, but we no filming here because uh, all you gringos, you take advantage of us locals, and um, yep. and you never give back." You just take a view and you say, "Oh, I'll give you back." But it wasn't just us; it's other ones before yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, lots of yeah. Um, and so I said, fair enough. So he told Scott Dietrich, goes, no, no, you cannot film Ricardo. He called me Ricardo. Um, or that guy, whoever, he named Jay Riddle and Terry for Gerald. No, they can't. So we go, shit, Rich, what are we going to do? And now we, got, we brought you down here to get us in. Yeah. And we can't film. But somebody goes, well, there's this place two hours north. Yeah. Um, so, we go, okay. We heard that maybe Rick Rasmussen or somebody was up there. Um, so we go okay let's go for it we hired a jeep you drive a couple hour or hour and a half and north of it and then you go inland a bit over some rocky hills and forests and there's a um, you can hire a boat it takes about an hour and a half in through a lagoon yeah, it's a huge lagoon system yeah it's like it's like a oh it's unbelievable it's like it's like going to 
in the jungle world at Disneyland. It was just unreal. It's insane. Yeah, it's just a massive mangrove system. Oh, it was just one of the most coolest there. things I've ever done. And um, it was the, Scott Dijek, the filmmakers, Craigie Halley, he was the film, you know, he's a camera guy. He's a, he a character in himself. Jay Riddle, who was one of my heroes and mentors, surf star, and Terry Fitzgerald, obviously. Yeah. Just, yeah he, was, he was, I go, fuck Terry Fitzgerald. It's like so, a god. Yeah, so I'm, and Terry thought Jay was a god. Yeah, like, right. Terry was just so stoked to be, I'm sorry, with Jay Real. And he was more, he was enamored with Jay Real, which I go, that's pretty cool. You're the surf star, but you really like, so it was just, un- yeah, yeah. and I'm just Sick. a little guy in between. And we go out there, and we're going through this jungle book, we're filming it, and it was just awesome. There's real Indians in loincloths on the side of the and mangroves washing clothes and they're wild and, and and there's crocodiles and they're going and these big egrets go and we and we just thought this is insane we had a pong with a roof over it and we get to the end and of the estuary and there's a sand spit and coconut trees and you and we ran across and there's a point there i mean terry jay and i'm behind him and we're running 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 to see the surf after two hours of this and there's this black guy. He was, you know, he looked like he just came from the Congo, butt naked. And he's bending over, um, you know, like a right angle on this old log of a, you know. Canoe style thing. Yeah, so somebody left a board there years ago. Oh, it's right. just, so it's kind of a, you know, it's just an old log. But he was just going across the face, butt naked. No way. By himself in this perfect point wave. And we went, oh, this is, you got to be kidding me. We do, are, are we, you know, doing Endless Summer again? And we're Bruce Brown in the middle of freaking Lagos. Yeah. And the guy comes in and he had the biggest smile on his face. His teeth were so white to his black face. Because it's actually a weird history with yes, some really Yes, I'll tell you about that. The history things. was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So he comes in and Jay... He's sponsored by Quicksilver. This is when Quicksilver's got big. Chase, you know, he's more, he's a pretty professional surfer and we really was into that. Um, he had these really unreal turquoise Quicksilver shorts. You know, the short ones like this kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. Same 80s shorts that you're yeah, wearing right now, basically. Sort of, but only, <laughs> only like that. And he goes, oh my God. Richie, go ask that guy's name. And I go, hey, come say this? And he goes, oh, Jorge. And I and then he had another friend. He was a little bit more excellent. It was Manuel. And he goes, "Hey Jorge, Jorge, um, here. This is a gift, a regalo para ti. That means a gift for you." Yeah. And he said, "And it was these turquoise shorts. Plates, um, you know, we don't want to see you naked when surfing." <laughs> with see big black schlong flying <laughs> around while we're surfing. Yeah. So that was funny. So that was really. So that we start off really nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. A gift, and then, you know. It was just perfect. You know, you've surfed it. I've surfed Unbelievable. It. Right way, point. Best waves I've ever actually had in my whole life. That yeah. Uh, and we're just going, you got to be kidding me. And we're the only ones there. They, I was guess, that, a year before. sort of a river mouth point, yeah, break, it was, wasn't it? Well, it, it had that thing is, with the Rip Curl guys did down south later. That same yeah. bouldery thing at the pit. Yeah. And then it's a point. Sand, the bottom sand, but boulders on the side. And then there's that little, it yeah. just, just peel off like that little thing over there. Yeah, yeah. But, so... We just go, this is un- unbelievable. So we surfed that, surfed that, and I was like, oh, I don't four foot that day. And yep. and then Terry, uh, the filmmaker, 
they, they kind of want to go back to civilization and do their films and all that in Port Escondido or a semi-hotel thing. And Jay and Terry and I go, ah, fuck, why don't we just stay here at night? Yeah. And Terry Fitzgerald and I go, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, all I, I didn't even bring wax. I remember in the film, they're going, why are you going like that? I go, because Jay wouldn't even let, he goes, you didn't bring wax? Well, that's your fault. You should be more professional. He wouldn't oh. let me some wax. So I'm going again, I'm fine. Your wax only lasts about 30 minutes in the surf yeah, out there he, anyway. He, you need you know, a new one. Cause it, I was, I, it made me so sad. I go, you, I'm trying to be professional and I can't believe you didn't bring your wax. I'm not giving you any. No and I'm, way. I'm, 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 so I'm, <laughs> on my one, I got two waves and, and I'm holding my rail so I don't slip off. <laughs> no way. Especially with that lagoon water coming out. It's yeah. so oh, warm. That, that everything melts anyway. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But he just wouldn't let me have it. But um, that, that, So I just, <laughs> oh, whatever. Then, so Terry and I stay there and there's the big, they're round huts like in Africa. Yeah. And wow, this is really weird and so not normal mexico no, mexico and, and architecture I, so i started talking to the muffin man and he was gay right <laughs> they're all i found out they're all gay because there's only one queen there the queen she's the queen bee so they all mate with her and get whatever they can on the side which is guys oh man and it was kind of gnarly so i go uh you know I just go okay. here we go and, and, and then um <laughs> Terry and I go, okay, we, there's heaps of mosquitoes, but we didn't have, there's no sun cream back then. Oh, yeah. No sun, I didn't have sunglasses, sun cream, nothing. Oh, yeah. No wax, no sun No wax. All I had no was my sunscreen. shirt. I had no shirt, nothing. No sh you didn't even take a shirt with you. Nope. Because it was hot. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to stay there. I, and then we go, we'll stay the night. And they go, oh, you sleep in this hammock. Where do you put your money in the filmer's uh, camera I had it bag? In the backpack, back, back pocket. Back and pocket. actually, the, the, the filmers, they paid for it. They said I didn't really have to bring money. Yeah. So, but there's nothing to spend there anyway. No. Because there's not. And so we stay in this big open hut, and right. then they go, we'll try gar rub garlic all over you. So they had garlic, and they go, that keeps the mosquitoes away. So I did a big test, and I rubbed it over Terry, and, they, and I rubbed it everywhere in between, in between my fingers, and I left a big spot there. In the morning, I woke up, I had mosquito bites in the spot. I go, garlic's unreal. Really? So clove of garlic. So we rubbed wow. it everywhere. Ah, and then... Um, the next morning, you know, and those guys, they went on the boat and they came back in the boat and they came back. It was eight foot and un glassy, unbelievable. Yeah. So we. What, like 400 meter rods? Oh, we it, it was insane. It was gnarly. And then that's when Terry and Jay, who they stood out when it really got gnarly. That, that's when you see that they were the, the top next, pros in the level. world. Yeah. Because the smaller ways, you know. So, but that when they, that's when I know that, hey, there's a difference yeah. of class. Yeah, yeah. And then, bow, boom, and oh, it was just insane. So we surfed was all day, so glass, oh, barreling, yeah. tubing, gnarly. It was so. F then we ride all this other island. It got big enough. It almost got too big to hit that other rock. But I surfed so long, and I was so stoked that my eyes burned out, wow. and I got this the gnarliest. Uh, we call that um, sun poisoning. Sunstroke. Sunstroke, sun poisoning, everything. And my eyes st got glued open for, for a week. I couldn't close them. What? And I got the worst hat. I got super sick, throwing up. Oh, yeah. I had to get back. When we finally got back, I still couldn't close my eyes. <laughs> and now they're permanently burnt for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. Epic. But, and did he get good footage? That yeah, guy? yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, got to, I, got, I got two. So I got to be in that surf movie. Yeah. So they go... And I got a two bride and two two brides, 
and um, do you have a copy of this movie? Oh, um, I'd love it's, to it's see called it. Tales of the Seven Seas. Yeah, I want to see it. And it's a it. Scott Dietrich movie. Yeah, and it's um, you know, just clips of all these parts in the world. Yeah, it's I think yeah, it's, it's uh, Brendan had it at the shop one day. He got it. Did to, he? Yeah. No way. And it's pretty funny. And then I catch a pig. <laughs> so they go and I, I bring home the bacon they say so I ran around and there's a wild pig where you take the boat and I go and caught him <laughs> did you? yeah I was on know. and you cooked it up for dinner no he's a little baby oh okay yeah right and um, yeah mate, Tales what, of Seven Seas sick no way and what did you do for food out there that night the local was accommodated the local, yeah, yeah they gave us tortillas um, this and that um, all, it's a pretty solid fishing village yeah solid fishing we, we, I think we just had tortillas and the muffin man had muffins and but he wanted, <laughs> he wanted the muffin man kind of wanted me and I go Terry had to protect me from the muffin man because the muffin man thought ooh Richie he, he thought Malibu he thought, is back Malibu is back <laughs> and uh, he said we, we, we're isolated out here far <laughs> oh, yeah that's so, hectic and because there is a real, uh, it was like a shipwreck there well, way back in the day. And, yeah, a, and some Africans. Ab- absolutely. Africans 200 years before, they're sailing around the Cape and all this. You know, when the African slaves, they. Yeah, uh, slave trading boats. Slave trade boat. The boat shipwrecked. They killed the captain and the white guys. Yeah. And because it's so isolated by the estuary, yeah. you know, I think they have a dry season two months a year that they can come in by land. Yeah, right. And, eight, and 10 months a year, they're totally isolated. That's it's why. It's like an island. So. Yeah. What happened, they told me, is that's why they have all the curly hair and all the... And, yeah. And they, they've... Mixed they speak Spanish, the but they still got their African slave customs. It's so interesting. That's why they had the queen bee. Yeah. She's a big lady. She, so she's the matriarch. Patriarch or matriarch. Matriarch. Big, fat thing. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and, and the round huts and the curly... So you think you're in the Congo, and they're, they're actual, to this day... Um, from the slave ship. Yeah, cash. yeah, I remember so reading the historical. history. Crazy, yeah, yeah. It's a bizarre place, and hands down the best surf I've ever had in my life there. Yeah. So, and still, still I'm there. sure it still has to be pretty isolated. Um, it is, man. I don't yeah. think it was pretty just, isolated when I was still there, yeah. and that was, uh, you know, six, seven years ago. Okay. And uh, I, I mean, crew would come in and back from Porto oh, and doing okay. day trips, but I still had plenty of times where. And did it was, you have to take the? Uh, the jeep to the place and get to the yeah, Bopanga? jump on the boat and then it's like a 45 minute speed yeah. boat through the mangroves and mate they hook through those mangroves and you can't even see where the river is because yeah. it just sort of well there's a little it's invisible offlets. yeah it's little offlets and it just looks like there's trees everywhere but then this tiny little river just keeps opening up in front of you it's insane was it like a 90 pong a 90 yamaha type of ponga yeah yeah those long ones yeah yeah and they they hammer yeah oh. no mate awesome place mate that's a sick story i don't even know what that place is called yeah, I What's do. What's it called? Well, I'm not, not going to say. Okay. I do. Okay. Uh, it's imprinted in we'll my call brain. call it uh, Epos. Epos. Yeah, yeah. We'll call, we'll call it the Muffin Man's. E- Muffin Man's. <laughs> Muffin Man, right. Watch out for Muffin Man. Uh, that's insane. All right, mate. Um, we're just going to press pause okay. one second. Yes, so, mates, that sounded like an epic uh, trip that you did there um, to a bit of a misto point break. Um, mate, what was Terry Fitz? like as a bloke uh, to you back then uh, and did he have did he have a good trip um i've always you know t- to me i think i was like you know like he's out of this world he's like a this movie star surf star guy and he was the most down-to-earth coolest guy ever and here you know like i'm sure everybody has their heroes and they just don't you know know how a person's going to be in their presence or whatever and so I'm asking him, I'm just so stoked to go, 
Woo, man, I'm going on a surf trip with Terry Fitzgerald. Fuck. And he doesn't have that big, wild, frizzy hair because he cut it or something. He had a yeah. kind of an afro kind of fit in with those <laughs> other guys. But with the muffin he, man. Then Terry's asking me, wow, you know Jay Riddle. Oh, man, I'm so... He was like a surf grommet. And Jay Riddle, to him, was a surf star. He goes, I can't believe I'm going on a surf trip with Jay Riddle. So... It just goes opposite. So one person's looking at up the other, where the other person's looking up the other. Yeah. It's a mutual respect, it must be. Yeah, sick. And um, I just love, because the Jay's been sort of a big brother type of guy to me and, and a mentor. And for this other guy who I, across the sea, because I didn't really know much about Australians, but he's, you know, like some, sort, some guy go, wow, this guy's unbelievable, to go, Telling, asking me, do you know, you know, being so enamored by Jay Riddle, I goes, that was so human. I go, so then that's where the humanity comes in with everybody. That there, he was, he was respected this other guy so much, and he couldn't believe that he gets to go on the surface that's with sick. Jay Riddle. And as you said, Ed, you you didn't, you've never heard of him, but in a, you know, California, he's. You know, he's a he's a subculture legend. Legend. He's not really, um, you know, the super superstar, but he's more of a superstar because of uh, pro probably not being out there as in much. the limelight. Yeah, he's more of an underground yeah, superstar. And, and the fact did, that so this superstar, when the surf got big the next day, did he end up lending you wax or not? Ah, never no, gave me any wax. He never gave you any wax. <laughs> and and on that same trip, did you end up scoring other waves? I know you surfed Porto, but you weren't allowed to film it. No, and, because uh, that's you, what my... You said I... they struggled a bit. We won't go into it because you didn't want to claim it. But um, you said off camera, there, uh, off audio there, you didn't want to sound like a tosser, but you said that they just didn't do too well out at Porto and they got a bit frustrated. Um, well, well oh, okay. Yeah, well, I didn't you mean it like you, that. Would I, but, but they didn't listen to me because, you know, um, they were pros... And, you know, they surfed everywhere, you know, Sunset and all these great places. But I, I've been to Puerto Escondido is it took, pretty it, different. I don't care how good you are. If you, you got to read it and you got to know it. And there's so many way better surfers than me that just didn't read it right. But I, I dialed into it. It's one of those weird things that I, I dialed into. It's totally different. Doesn't matter if you're a good surfer, you just dial into it. I, I never really dialed into point breaks. Yep. And, and other lineups, but for some reason, I, I dialed into the rights at Puerto Escondido. It, it's it's a weirdest thing I could ever think of. It's just I just caught it wired. Yeah. And, um, see. And and it's and then other places I'll go and I can't figure them out. But yep. for some reason, that was born. I was born to surf the Porto Rock. Yeah. See. And it just it blew my mind because and, I go, I how come no all these better surfers than me aren't getting slaughtered out they're, they're, not, they're not reading it and they're not doing it um and these i've seen a lot a lot like rick Ras, rasmussen remember rick rasmussen yeah i heard that name that, um, so one time he's down there oh big pipeline guy you know u.s surfing champion we just we were all sitting down there on the beach one day and talking about it this is the time where before i got my balls severed yeah <laughs> so we're down there's another group it's my third time down there with a big group of really good surfers from malibu and friends and we're all talking on the coconut wireless that hey hey rick bassman got his head cut off because he was doing heroin and uh, g land and bali and all this stuff um 
and and then we go, oh yeah, yeah. So he got his head cut off finally, you know. And this is before he got killed, really in Harlem. So these are rumors, <laughs> and we're down there. There's no, there's coconut water. There's zero internet, zero anything. And for some reason, we hear that Ricky Brasmus says all this, and, and so you know we have that thought. Is it gossip? Surf yeah. gossip. And he's had his we, head cut we off in jail. We got nothing to do but gossip about. <laughs> Nothing. Man, that's hectic. So, so here we are. I think it was 1980, 1980 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Or 81. And, you know, oh, he's a surf hero. You know, he must rip the, he must be just some big wave pipeline guy. Next thing you know, he's walking up the beach, holding, <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere. He's holding hands with my best friend's girlfriend. No way. Nigel. <laughs> no, I do. No, he's oh, dead no. now. He killed him. But I just going. You got to be. This is bizarre. No way. He, and, and, and she was pretty hot. But um, <laughs> Nigel McElhaney, he's a he's one of my best friends ever. Uh, he's a you know Irish guy that lived in um, you know Malibu and all that. And I, I was unreal friends with him. And we lived together in Hawaii and all this. And he, you know he had a. Oh, it's just unbelievable. I saw you go. And, but he had depression problems. So this, he had the hottest chick. Yep. And he goes, nah, don't want you. Flings her off. And now she's walking in hands with Rick Rasmussen after we just talked about the guy getting his head cut off. <laughs> and I go, oh, this is unbelievable. So we go, wow. And we just laughed at each other going, boy, we're a bunch of wankers. We didn't even know what wankers is, but you know, it's, yeah. we, we, here we are gossiping about some guy getting his head cut off. So, we're a bunch of bullshitters. Yeah. There sure. he is, right there, right there. with no, Nigel's no. girlfriend. <laughs> That's classic. And I, so I talked to her, and I go, what are you doing? I go, I go, what, I go whatever happened to Nigel? And she goes, oh, well, Nigel, he just didn't want me. And, oh, well, but I, and I go, what are you doing with that guy? Yeah, he took me down here. Yeah. And, we, and, and she was a heroin addict. So oh, right. They're doing heroin. And so we, we go, okay, we sat on the beach, and we watched this famous pipeline master surf. And we're going, you got to be kidding me. It's just, I go, that's the whole thing about the fame thing. You, everybody thinks this guy's great. <laughs> Yo, you, we, we wrote, he, he just couldn't do it. Couldn't, didn't have the touch, yeah. Yeah, didn't have well, touch. Shifty, beach didn't know how to get man, barrel. rips I mean, and, and you going go, everywhere. And you, you know, he just, maybe he's on too much heroin. I don't know. Could have been. I, but, <laughs> I, but, but he was supposed to be down there in rehab. And so we asked her, we go, well, shit, I think, I remember we asked her, we go, well, we were just talking about him getting his head cut off. And she goes, no, nah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, his head's right there. Yeah, no way. And um, it was the weirdest, most bizarre thing. And then that's when I just went, you know, all the media and things saying who's good and this and that. Yeah. Um, that's a horrible thing to aspire to if you, you know, um, in the come out and you're just a big kook yeah that's it yeah you don't live up to the hype and yeah so, so much why to just just do what you got to do and don't get hyped up because um you know it'd just be a letdown yeah for sure oh, that's and then crazy. he got his head then he got blown his head blown off uh and not right cut off that. got blown in harlem off. in harlem yeah right? doing a drug deal but that was so bizarre yeah that is bizarre Mate, uh, I got tipped off by your son, Reef. Thanks, Reef, for your insight to, uh, you know, 10 of your dad's 10 million stories about um, 
something with a broken down car in Mexico. I reckon it was a good story to ask you about it. Do you know about that one? Yeah, yeah. What happened was, it was right after my you know jail thing and my my windsurfing school at Malibu National Progression, and we were just going, man, this is so hectic and stressful. All summer long, we're sitting here just giving surf lessons to Malibu surf stars and, 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 and actresses and all this. And Jeff Higginbotham, he's one of the best underrated surfers ever. He's, he's one of the guys who are better than the famous people, but he does, you know, he just surfs and he just surfs good because he's just good without yeah. being, he's just one, you know, there's so many of those guys and he, way better than, than me or just a good fucking unreal surfer and volleyball player and everything. So we go, he was helping me with my windsurf school. He goes, let's have a vacation. Get out of this beachy shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's go down to Baja to this other beach called Punta Abrejos, which is halfway to the tip of, um, of the Baja Peninsula. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of my, I've done a heap of windsurfing um, articles and things, but we always say it's a different place all the time. And, and, and it's a good photo shoot place or whatever. But it's just it's a surfing and windsurfing mecca, the way it bends around the corner. So you get, you get surf, windsurfing, motorcycle, everything. So we go, okay, we're going to do it. And I had a 74 Datsun. I guess you guys call it Datsun. Yes, that's right. Okay, dancing. We didn't say Datsun. <laughs> we say Datsun. Right. So I had that. And, um, and Higgy and I, we packed it up. And we got our volleyball net. We got our volleyball. We got our windsurfers. We got our surfboards. And we told some other friends, we're, we're going down. We're going to have a two-week vacation. Get out of this freaking Hollywood, Malibu yeah. shit. And, and take a break. And... Um, Matt Schweitzer, Mike Waltz, windsurfer friends of mine from Maui, but they used to yep. live there in Newport, Maui. And Herbie Fletcher, the you know Herbie Fletcher guy, he was Astro Deck, and he brought his jet ski down because we were sort of on this, the Astro Deck team. Yeah, all of us. This is but, like early '80s. Yeah, early '80s. Yeah. So we weren't doing an Astro Deck thing, but they're you know it's all kind of combined. So Mike and Matt were in. California at the time, they go, okay, we'll hook up with you, Rich, down there, and um, we'll see you down in Puerto. We're, we're going to do our own thing, and we're going to go further down to Puerto Vallarta and um, to the mainland, but we'll, we'll all do this big fun and thing at uh, Punares, and then and Alan Sarlo. Remember Alan Sarlo? Nope. Um, <laughs> Alan <laughs> Sarlo is... So sorry, mate. You, you, you don't know <laughs> Alan Sarlo. No, tell me. Oh, well, he's another um, American... Ripper, we call him the wave killer. Right, right. Um, he's from Venice. He, so he's a a pro American surfer. Just you know, the red wetsuits, all that kind of stuff. Big guy. Just we call him the wave killer because he actually to smash he the waves. Shreds so much, and he's a big guy. But there's no nothing left of the wave. It's just white water. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so he he was the opposite of Jay, who's a smooth, beautiful thing. And they they one was the king. Of, they, they're both the two top Malibu guys, but, um, they had the magazine made them nemesis, but they were best good, good friends. Yeah. Right. So one was yeah. the other, but so just the magazine bullshit. Yep. Yep. So he came down and we were all falling and we're going down. We've been a million times before a big caravan. And we're going to go to this point where we always go all the time. The king of the point. And, and all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere, we're the, we, you know, I'm the poorest guy. I have this 
Statton or Dotson, where yeah, and, and Higgy's with the and these guys, you know, they, they got a little bit more money and more sponsored. So we're just frothing to get to the beach, you know, 24 hours of driving in the desert. And we go in the middle of the north, instant storm. We'd never seen one before. A, a cyclone, bang, flash flood in the middle of the driest desert in the world. No way. Ah, and everybody's frothing to get through. So they go, okay, we're going. And I'm just going, there's a big giant river. It's kind of like that Carnarvon thing. Yeah, yeah. I go, and I'm watching them. Boom, they go through. Boom, they go through. Boom, they go through. And jet, and then Herbie goes with this jet ski and this trailer. Boom, they get through. And I don't know that much about cars. Yeah. So I go, <laughs> okay, I'm going through. And, you know, it's fucking a raging river. And I go, uh-oh. And I get to the other side and I go, and I guess I sucked in all the water and blew up my head gasket. Oh, no way. And I just go. And then, then all of a sudden, the rain stopped and the river was gone. Really? In, like an instant. And, wow. But we're stuck there in the middle of fucking nowhere, hot desert. And then the other guy goes, oh, well, and it's another two hours to the beach. Yeah. See you, Rich. We're going, we're, we're going to get some surf. And it's the middle of the day. go, what about us? And they go, oh, bye. And they, they fucking bailed us. Really? Why didn't you just jump in their car? There's no room. I or? can't leave my car in the middle of nowhere. That's okay. our stuff. You know, we're oh, going yeah. camping. Yeah, right. And I go, well, can you tow us to the fucking thing? We'll get, you know. And they yeah. go, no, 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 I couldn't be bothered. So we go, oh, oh man, that's I rough. Go. And then so Jeff and I are sitting there, and all of a sudden, where there's a heap of water, there's no water. Yeah. And we just, and so we're pouring water in my radiator, the only water we had left, and it's just draining out. And I don't know anything about mechanics, but Jeff sort of is a MacGyver kind of guy. He goes, shit, we just, we, we sucked in all this water, blew the head gasket, and there's, uh, now all the water we're pouring in is just steaming out, steaming out. And so we, they don't go, but there's nobody behind us. We're in the middle of nowhere. Who, these guys, could care, there's no, you know, they care less about us. Yeah, that's rough. Fucking greedy bastards. Fuck yeah. And so we were sitting there going, oh my God. And um, we didn't even have beer. No, <laughs> did we have, have drink, nothing. Drinking water at least? We, no, no. Because no we water. poured in the radiator. Oh no. <laughs> and we were just going, oh, and, and the fucking flashlight was gone. It's like it was never there. Oh man. I have pictures. I do. Do you? And um, of them saying goodbye. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and the, we're going, oh my God, no one knows we're here because there's no phones. You didn't tell me where we're going. And we're just sweating and, and all of a sudden, and seeing all these mirages. I go, what's that thing? What's that? And like, what the fuck is that? There's a black thing, black armored thing. Go, what the fuck? It's getting closer. It's big black armored. It's a, is this a mirage? Higgy? Fucking fuck you, Rich. I hate this trip. We just started. Is that an odd? <laughs> what? Oh, whoa! Hey, it's a car. They're coming closer, closer. Black, shiny car. And it was my friend, two friends from Malibu, Rich Guerra and Jimmy Rollerson. No way. And Rich Guerra, I worked with him as a bartender. And he's a good volleyball player. And he didn't tell me he's coming. He just heard. He heard that we're having this fun trip. So out of the blue, he bought a. The first guy who ever bought a four-runner, I don't know if you know who those are, the yep, first yep. four-wheel drive yeah. UV. Yeah, I remember them. And he, he just bought this thing. Didn't tell anybody he was going. We didn't know he was coming. Yeah. He goes, what the fuck? We're in the middle of nowhere. And he, hey, Rich, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I go, no, Rich. And his name's like, what are you doing? Look, you got to be kidding me. He goes, what happened? I go, there's a flash flood. He goes, where? There's no water here. <laughs> no way. Like, well, there was. Believe me, I'll tell you. But can you tow us into, so he, told, he goes, unbelievable. He towed us into the thing. And everybody's surfing, windsurfing, jet skiing 
at our our, my campsite. Yeah, all right. And we were just going, and it was unreal. And we just we just go. Now we're there, and we'll deal with all the shit later. So we went surfing and all this and that. Yep. First things first, you go surfing. Yeah, of course. So we went surfing, windsurfing, and there's a. I knew the town, I knew the people, and it's about a mile away, the fishing village. And um, so go and they go. What happens? We go. Okay, thanks you guys by the way for the help. Um, (laughs) and there's a Mexican, Mexican with him. I think he's some kind of drug guy, with Herbie and all those guys. And he goes. They go. We we can't help you, Rich. I go. We need a head gasket. For this thing and you can only get them in america and they go but we're going down to puerto vallarta we're on this bigger trip yeah and we're just stopping here we, and we got to go uh, um so we can't go back but this mexican guy goes hey you know he's kind of a mexican you know speaks spanish I, you know i have to go for some reason to back to los angeles and get some things but um if you give me some money and tell me what part you need i'll bring it back and that's a long time away ago. Yeah. So only chats ago. And I go, Herbie and all these guys, Mike, where you guys go? It's basically doing a drug run, this kid. I don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know. So yeah. I, I have, I'll like go, I, I go, please, please. Here, I, I, it's the only thing we got. We trust you. Mike and all those guys, they're going to Puerto Vallarta. They're gone. You know, you go there, you go on the ferry, you go, you're gone. I'll never see you. They, they, they had their own itinerary. Yeah. So they go, see you, Rich. Hope everything works out. Bye, Jeff. Uh, and the other guy goes, Hey, okay. Uh, if you give me the money, I go to there. I come on my way back to there. I, I bring it back to you. I go, okay. That'd be so unreal. Whatever your name is, Manuel. Thank you so much. Here's the money. We trust you, trust you, trust you. Here's all the money we have in the world. So the guy bails. Every bails because surf stop it went flat. Yeah. And we're sitting there, and the car is completely dead. This dot Datsun or whatever. You got and a caravan though on the back of it, eh? We don't have nothing. We have oh. nothing. I, I I had a yeah little camper thing. And we had a tent. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, there's nothing there. And there's a lighthouse inland two miles for when the pirates, years ago, they used to put this lighthouse there and make people crash on the point called Punto Abreos, means open ice. Right. So it was a pirate thing, and then everybody crashed there, and they robbed the ship. They crashed. Oh, right. So it's, it's still there. So it's it's an old thing. So yeah. I'd hiked up there every day, got so bored till the nighttime, come back. Jeff was in depression. We were going, no one's going to. You know, it's two weeks ago. Then all of a sudden, it's two, two weeks. You're two weeks there. in the middle of the desert, no waves, no nothing. Way. And we sleep at night, and all of a sudden, we wake up and our surfboards are gone. What? We went, no. How more depressing can it get? <laughs> so at least you were getting a few surfs in. No, in well, well, no, it's pretty much died, but we still had the surfboards in case it did come up. Yeah. But we yeah. never got surfed. <laughs> it was dead flat because oh, they didn't have internet. You know, we don't know. Yeah. So we're going, and then all these little villagers come riding on their ET bikes down there from. Uh, all the little kids going, hey, Ricardo, Ricardo. Oh, you poor guys. You poor, hef- poor Jeff and poor Rico. Come to my parents' house. We feed you. So we go in there. And then the Mexicans just took us in. Lobster tacos. Sick. I looked in the house. <laughs> they had more clothes than I ever had in my life. They had all these things from all Americans bringing, they, they got surfboard shops. Yeah. I'm going, we thought we were poor. So we, all these years, we've been bringing these guys. Yeah. All this stuff. They were, more, they were wealthier than we were. And squirreling it away. Oh, they, oh, I, they, I go, you, you know, everybody thought that Mexicans were poor. Yeah. I was so much poor. I go, can I move in? They go, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and they took care of us. Yes. Oh, they, they just absolutely loved me and Jeff. And, and cause, so we just started hanging out with them and they 
looked at us brilliantly and then finally these kids took their bikes. There's a La Bocana, another fishing village. It was it's kind of like going to a, a Bundry from yelling up. Yeah. Different vibe, you know. Yeah. Got, yeah. So the La Bocana guys were, were dirt bags. Yeah. Yeah. But they stole our boards. All right. Little kids went up there and got our boards back. Did they? We got, we got unreal. So That's unreal. And then I go, okay, now, but this is still, we're still worried. You go, oh, still we, we, I'm pissed guy. off at all my American friends. I go, I'm never speaking fucking English again. Yeah. So I'd leave Jeff there. He just, just depressed, wandering around. There's nothing to do. Yeah. You're right. in the middle of fucking no. You might as well be on Castaway Island. So I went with the oldest guy, Pedro. Pedro. He's the patriarch of the whole town. He's speaking. Zero English ever. Well, his Pedro Arce, Arce, and there's a town, an oasis town, way inland. It's uh, got dates and, and thing. So it's about a three, four hour drive. They do it once every two weeks to get there, get the things supplied. He had an, uh, one of those old Fords, probably 1940. Yeah, right. And it probably goes fast. Fast, about <laughs> that fast. As my kids, he's Richie's pointing to a kid's car here. Yeah. In the shed. So, yeah. I, so I go, okay, Pedro, I got nothing to do. This is boring shit. It's morning. Um, we'll come back at night and you'll get your supplies for the town, some more tortillas or whatever. So we go, boom, 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 boom. For eight hours, or four hours there, four hours back. And we didn't say anything. Go, hey, Pedro. Go, hey, Ricardo. <laughs> Hablé English? No. Hablé Espanol? No. Okay, okay. And, and it's going, okay. Um, I'd like to learn some Spanish. So he goes, oh, yeah, the olas muy bueno. Uh, uh, okay, does that mean? Oh, the ways are good. I go, okay, thank you. And, and so this <laughs> one, for, I go, okay, that's how bored we were. Yeah, yeah. Pedro drops me off. Adios, Ricardo. And then find this guy shows up about a week and a half later. No way. That we couldn't believe. They went to LA to, it, we never saw him. Hey, you wouldn't believe it. I found this gasket. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I, and here's your, you know, I got it. Here it is. I got to go back. I see the guys in Puerto Vallarta. There you go. And we went, fuck it. You're an unbelievable. I, I trust you. That's so unreal. That you went. Sounds like the Mexicans has treated you so much better than the oh, your, they did. Your so-called mates. And, and so he comes all the way and, and to go out of his way to come back to this place and give us his gasket. Wow. We go, oh, thank God. Thank God. What? The vibes are so good. Uh, got our boards back. Still don't surf. Yeah. All we want to do is get out of here. Wicked. So we go to town where Chewy works, and and there's um they they cut they will kill the cow and they cut for the, the village and you see the cow you know all yeah. getting all worked and slaughtered <laughs> and he's still shaking and heads off but it's all like chest. So then you got to move him aside. Then we put our car in there where they just <laughs> filled all the blood because it's one of those pits. Yeah, so yeah. all the blood goes in the pit where the oil goes in the pit. So we're under there. Yeah. And Jeff, he's just going, I get, I get, all he goes, hey, I want to get out of here. I got to get fucking out of here. I just, he, he's a MacGyver. He's good at everything. He goes, he just, you know, like I'm a carpenter. I don't know anything about, but yeah. he's going, okay, shh, shh, things are flying. Oh, we got it all. Oh, unreal. He does the head gasket, all the Mexican mechanics go, oh, this guy, unreal. He's the best. He's so good. Muy bueno. Oh, hefe, hefe, hefe. And they go, oh, no. I go, what? This is, you won't believe this? I go, what? There's an Allen key here to, for the torque wrench. Right. And it's a special one made for a 74 Datsun or Datsun. Yeah. And they, they, they only made it for this one year. And it's a special Allen key to torque it, to get the head on. But it's not 
it's only Datsun made it for the 74 Datsun yeah. and no other engine in the whole wide world. No way. So it's not like a regular generic no. tool. It's just some specialized. Yeah. And tool we did it and, and we go, you uh, got it. We went into so depression. Oh, the man. whole town went in depression. <laughs> you won't believe this. So we're in the middle of nowhere, two miles away, two miles away. Yeah. There is, this is the most unbelievable thing in the whole wide world. Two miles away, there's this little uh, old platform with, um, you know, somebody put a, a little slab there years and years ago. Some Mexican. There's a freaking old hippie dude, just out of his mind, just living in some weird thing. Just, some hermit, just, not a surfer, nothing. Yeah, some peyote in the yeah, Mexican I don't, desert. We have no idea, and but we got nothing to do. Two miles away, we got no car, nothing. And we go, we've got to get this torque wrench. We've got to get the torque wrench. They don't, it's just, it's just unbelievable. You just can't get them. You know, you can't, I couldn't go to Bunnings. I couldn't go to any hardware store yeah. in America. I go, fuck. Well, well, we've got nothing else to do. Just grab some uh, Modelos. Yeah. And, and, and we walked Couple down. It took a whole day. Walked down. Hey, how you going? You, are you American? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even be good. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've seen us at the point where those lonely old fuckers up there, uh, you know, just kind of have a car problem. I know, fuck it, one of them, no question, but wow, you wouldn't have this uh, Allen key for, uh, you know, uh, this, this this head gasket uh, torque wrench thing. For a 74 Datsun? Yeah. Yeah, how'd you know? Oh, those, that's a fucking, I can't believe they made those things. The only head gasket, the torque wrench, uh, I had one. I got one. No way. I swear to God, I, I absolutely swear to God, I'll die right now, but I swear to God. Richie's we, we jumping went, out of his chair right now. Listeners, I, you can't see it, but he's, he's all over the place. He's absolutely excited. one in a trillion. Wow, that's insane. And we went, no, he goes, yeah, he goes, I can't believe why would they make that one-year model yeah. and have that special Allen key for the torque wrench for the head gasket yeah. and, and for nothing else in the whole wide world but for the one Datsun thing. And we, 84 Datsun, or 74, 74 whatever. Yeah. And je- we just went, it, it was, you know, boo, I started speaking American again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went there, <laughs> fucking, bang, it's on. We were out of there. We drove so fast to America, we were in there in a flash. And wow. What a trip. It was unbelievable. To this day, I, I, I just, it's just unfathomable. That is, that is crazy, man. It sounds like you've, Mate, you've had a lot of good luck in your life, oh, Richie. Very I, good. Oh, I, had I, th- I think you generate it because you're such a positive, frothing dude that obviously you create a lot of good energy. And oh, uh, mate, well, it I'm, must be I'm because grateful. yeah, because geez, you like you come into these gnarly situations and you always just seem to uh, yeah have this amazing run of luck come back. So, mate, you oh, you know you create your own luck. You know what Maybe. I mean? So I don't know. I that's think pretty cool. Thoughts. That's pretty crazy. But to me, to that, to, I just. I just can't even imagine that happening. Nah, that's insane. And and I tell still talk to Jeff. His his name's Higginbotham. We call him Higgity Biggity Diggity. But he still to this day he just goes. Uh, he, he just it's it's one of those things like uh, the three wise men or something. Yeah. How, you know how did that happen? Yeah, that's unreal. Mate, when you're in Mexico, uh, it was at Mexico, yeah. uh, in the windsurfing time, you said that you may or may not have done the first backflip in, uh, in windsurfing history. What, well, what's that all about? Well, that's about, it's not really recorded, but um, the center of attention back in the beginning days of the pioneering of, the, of you know, the, the, 
the big boards to the surf riding of windsurfing was concentrated in Maui, Hawaii. I mean, and it was Oahu, which Robbie Nash, the best windsurfer ever, came from. But I, I would say Maui was the epicenter of all research and development and recorded, which was nat history. So if it didn't happen there, it didn't happen anywhere. Kind of like if the tree fell, got cut. Yeah. It didn't, you know, it was one yeah, of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, even though I went there and we did the research and development with um, Terry Lukoff and Jay Riddle from Malibu Natural Progression, we wanted to go see what's going on. And we ended up um, developing it to Southern California in our area. Um, we, I, I'd go always down to Mexico, which happened to be probably even better wind conditions and surf conditions than Hawaii. Um, because it was more consistent, steady wind, and because it, the the way the points um, turned around extremely, you'd you'd have it go across a dry land that you get smooth the wind without breaking up on a smooth wave face. So right. it's like um, almost kind of like water skiing, but you have the still the wind power without um, you know gusts and things blocking you. So we we discovered. I think I was pretty much the first guy to do that down there in Puno Abrejos and as a surfer. And I, I, I go, well, this is great for windsurfing. So it's an excellent surfing spot, seven white points. So we went down. So I started doing that. And then we would start going down there and getting heaps of photo um, shots, stock shots, and stories. And we'd always say it was a different place. Yeah. Flop the photos and this and that. But yeah. write a different story. It was always the same place. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, different story every time in, in mag different windsurf magazines and, and auto auto club magazines. And then, um, so I went down once with, uh, Brian Billman, he was visiting from Hawaii and he would come in the, uh, it was our summer and the Hawaii winter was a late, uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. hiatus or whatever. Yeah. So he'd come and stay with my, one of my best friends named Gerard, funniest guy in the world. He's a, a Mexican, American genius uh, mechanic oh, and, yeah? and just 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 the classicest guy in the world and he had a lift he goes hey Rich how you doing <laughs> wow Rich he always had the three neat lift and um and so he'd stay at Brian's and I taught him how to windsurf because he was more into the um Dogtown guys you know Tony oh, yeah. Alva Jay Alva I mean Jay Adams all that so he, he was in that group, but he was more of a Mexican mechanic kind of guy, but he kind of got interested in the beach things. And I, so for some reason, I got him onto a, he wanted to learn something different. So I taught him how to windsurf yep. and, and got him from this, the gutter, I mean, this, the alleys of the streets and the, and the yeah, wrenching. Yeah. Yep. And then we became like best friends. And, but I was a bit, like I, I, I was going for it and I think I wasn't the best teacher because I would say, yeah, you could do it. You could do it. And I take him in dangerous conditions. Oh, of course he would. Yeah. I yeah. Imagine. And I go, oh yeah, if you I'm were all teaching, right. You'll be all right. Yeah. I yeah. could, yeah, yeah. I could imagine you would be an absolute yes, gung, gung ho teacher. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. You'll be all right. And then <laughs> yeah. to this place, Aubrejos, this is the most beautiful classic spot. Even to this day, it's Aubrejos, Punta Aubrejos means open your eyes because it's a point and it juts out of the, the um, heel of Baja, California, halfway down. And so there's heaps of shipwrecks there. And then, like I earlier said, there was a, a lighthouse tower about 
a two mile, K, two miles yeah. inland with, with the, the pirate. They'd set it there to, you know, track ships, and then they plunder them yep. back in the 1800s. Yeah. But what happens is a side offshore, and there's an un, and then right at the very tip of this point, there's an unreal right. That it's side offshore, and then it just bends, and it goes straight offshore on the prevailing wind every day. Yep. And there's a huge, huge bay, like uh, miles and miles long. And if you kind of miss this point, you, you get blown out to sea, basically. Right. And it's heavy gusts of winds. So we're sitting there, and I, I, a mile up the camp, there's a village, fishing village, and we always were good friends with these Mexicans. They're unreal. I've, I've been coming there for lots of times, and um, they've always taken care of us, and they're, they're, they just, you know, they thought we were fun to be with because we weren't, too high up and, and uh, they drink beers with us and yep. one day they came down and and go hey you can't have the lobster you know and we go why because because you're gringos and and you can't have a guns because you're gringos and but you can have what we have let you have it i go well okay can we have a corona oh yeah you <laughs> could have the corona we pay for it. but it's only 50 cents I go, okay no problem so we go and they go and stay away from our daughters, you know. <laughs> yeah. They'd be young. Yeah, they're Catholics. Oh yeah. Go, okay, no problem. And, and and they go, but so we we became very good amigos over the years. And they one of them, um, Ismael, he he always would have pot. They call it mota. And we know that we never do drugs in Mexico. I don't care yeah. if you're a drug addict. You just don't do it. Yeah. Same you as in, same as Indo yeah. these days. Just, it, it, you just it, don't do it. Just don't do it. Do I don't care if yeah. they're doing it. You don't do it. We, go go smoke an ounce a day before you go to Indo yeah. and just don't, don't take it. Do it. Yeah. I don't care. Don't I take mean, any with you. Don't do it and when you don't you're do there. it. Just stay away from drugs. Well, not yeah. just, and I really never smoke pot anyway. Yeah. So um, but he always asked me. He goes, no, no, no. He's no, no. Okay, come on. Okay, oh, Ricardo. Ha ha ha. They call me Ricardo Misa Rejas. That means my ears. Myers? Okay. Misa Rejas. Oh, Myers. My, my yeah. ears. Yeah. Ricardo yeah. Misa Rejas. Hey, we have some, you and Gerardo, he's, because he's part, he spoke really good Mexican. Yep. Yeah. And you guys, you, um, we have these hongos. You, I think you need to, you need to comer the hongos. That means eat the hongos. Go, what are these hongos? What, what are hongos? I go, what are hongos? And, and Jar goes, they're mushrooms. Oh. I go, oh, <laughs> my mom puts them in salad. Yeah. Okay. No, these are different kind, but you, you know, you are in our, you are in our country. You have them. <laughs> yeah. So we go, <laughs> wow, we're in the middle of nowhere and yeah. there's, it's wild west. There's no law. And I yeah. go, if you're going to do it, you do it with your friends. I go, yeah. okay. We eat them. And I didn't know what to expect. And all of a sudden we're just sitting there on this point in the middle of Baja and there's this howling wind and Brian goes, Hey, let's take some photos. I go, okay. <laughs> and I go, and I go, and Jar goes, oh, I'll go out too. And he goes, what, anything I should know, Rich? And I say, yeah, um, I'm concentrating what I'm going to do. I'm putting, yeah. rigging my thing. I go, putting your windsurfer together. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going, trying to even get my mind together. I go, what the, the sand's moving. I'm just going, what's going on? Yeah. And I go, okay, okay, yeah, Jar, whatever you do, don't, get blown past that point and which get, is like only you know yeah, a couple don't get meters stuck away. in the middle of the bay it, it, it don't i go if you, if you fall down there whatever you do don't you'll get swept out sea and lost in the ocean forever yeah and like i'm just saying it's it's only between you know between the cove and the bubble yeah that far distance and then 
you know, so that's in his head. Wow. And in my head, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I, yeah, I yeah. Really good. I, okay. I'm going to just go, whoo. It's a super good win. Middle of nowhere. About what, three, long peeling three right hander. Waves. It's just perfect, excellent conditions for if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like so, a peeling right hand point break. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but if you miss that point, then yeah. then you go out to sea because of what, it bends in and you can't sail in because of the, the, the wind. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, wow, bang, bang, bang. And Brian's going, whoo, okay, Rich, do that, do that. And I, I jive and come in right away, hit a lip, go back out, get a jump. And um, then at one stage, I was going, okay, maybe I'll just sail to Japan. <laughs> my mind started going, and I go, wow, this is cool. I just want to stay. I just keep going. I'll go to Japan. And then I started thinking, maybe I should, wait, maybe I should get my head together. Wait, I'm pretty, <laughs> maybe I'll just turn around. So I go, okay, okay. okay. I turn around and go, okay, baby, whoa. Yeah. whoa. Yeah. And then I come out and I see this wave. I just go, I was so hooked into my straps and my hands were so glued to my booms. I just went and I just went, I'm going as high. I'm going to the moon. <laughs> and I just shot up and I didn't plan it because I held on the way I held. So it just flipped me around into complete 360. Yeah, right. We didn't know. No one's really tried it that I knew of or they knew of. And a, a friend of mine apparently actually did it in Maui around the same time. Yeah. And I made it. And I, go, and I landed and I just fell off right by Brian. Brian goes, Woo! Wow, uh, uh, that was sick, Rich. I got it. I go, What did I do? He goes, I don't know, but I freaking got it. <laughs> was he up. shooting from the water? Yeah, yeah. Shooting he was from swi the water. swimming out there, yeah. was he? In the yeah. meantime, so I kept going back and forth. In the meantime, I, he's go, Gerard's sitting there floundering and we're going, Help! Help! <laughs> and I kept sailing by Brian, and, and you know, because you know, he says, "Stay next to me." You know, we're talking, and he goes, "Rich." I go, "What?" He goes, "I think Gerard. He keeps saying, help, help.'" <laughs> and I look over. He's right over there. He goes, "He's up to his neck." He's going, wave his arm, "Help, Rich! I'm oh. drowning!" Oh man! And I went, "Oh no!" I go, "Oh shit, Brian!" He goes, "Brian goes, uh, I don't know." So I sailed. I you know, it's, I, I just sailed my um, board in as fast as I could to the beach, and it's pretty flat, hard sand there, and there's heaps of stingrays. Oh, yeah. Like, like all, everybody gets, because they have a lot of clams, there, so all the fishermen get have stingray stings all over them. Right. And so you always got to go, like, shuffle your feet. And it's shallow, 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 I would say out, um, you know, a couple hundred meters. It's shallow. And, right. and so the waves are kind of these mushy, shitty beach break waves. Yeah. But the, the, it's uh it doesn't drop off fast so you know that's why i'm sailing out there i get a good run i can hit these little ramps oh yeah but in the meantime i go oh i'll save you gerard hang on and gerard's going and he's his sailboard's next to him and i can see he's just getting next to the rock point where it turns and it goes out to sea yeah help because help, <laughs> he had the fungus as well yeah we all had him. all that oh, yeah okay. yeah because <laughs> we didn't know so yeah he goes help me and everything turned into slow motion i sail the beach Threw my sail down, yeah. and I don't know if you guys ever watched Baywatch with Pamela Anderson, and, that <laughs> and they're running in slow motion. Oh, I'm saving you. Boom, 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 down the beach in the beginning, and I go, that's what it felt like. I go, I'm coming. <laughs> all slow-mo. Here I come, Gerard, and I'm going through all the stingrays, and I dive in, and I'm, I left my board on the beach. I'm swimming. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Oh, oh and gnarly. I get to Brian. Where is he? He's right there. 
Oh, it's, and I go, he goes, Rich, I'm drowning. And I go, okay, I'll say. And I stood up, and I'm in chest deep water. I'm in waist deep water. I go, <laughs> I go, George, won't you stand up? He goes, oh. <laughs> wow, thanks, Rich. Oh, man. Wow, I thought I was going to drown. <laughs> and I go, wow. <laughs> what, what, and I, I couldn't believe, I just go, this is going, this is, I think it was going on for an hour. Really? Yeah, it seemed like an hour. I don't know, and I just if go. Was, and yeah. he was actually they laying down. He didn't put his feet to the ground. That's pretty And we're funny. in waist deep water. Yeah, the that's whole classic. Time. Okay. And I talked to him about. It. We can't still believe that. Gosh, maybe I should have put my foot down. <laughs> oh, that's a ripper, man! And and, then, uh, and you got the photos? Yeah, Did you got, got the, the photos. Photo. It, it was um, was used as an advertisement for one of sponsors, Streamline. Yeah. And then later, um, I heard all. Oh, in Maui, oh no, Doug Hunt did one, and then I go, okay, whatever. But yeah. I did one, and um, but before that, I think the year before, this guy, Doctor Mark Moody, filmed me. Actually, I actually did one at Hokiba before all this even happened, anyway. But um, so it wasn't historically recorded, even though, like I say, does a tree fall in the forest? Yeah, no yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. So it's like there's guys who ride big waves, kind of pointing all that. Do they really ride it if they don't have the camera guru there? Yeah, that's it. Or yeah, what? yeah. So, so it's, one of those oh, it's irrelevant, but uh, mate, it sounds like a pretty epic story. Um, mate, down in Mexico, I mean, I've been there, but I never. Uh, maybe it was different back in the day. Was there people like surfers chasing mescaline and peyote and stuff? Was it pretty commonplace? Or um, actually, what, actually, when I was down there, not in Mexico, do they do that? But they would bring it back and do it in America. Oh, okay. That, that, yeah, it's peyote buttons, and um, I guess what you said, the mescaline or whatever. Yeah. Um, that that was like the mescal, sibuslibulum or something. Yeah. Um, out of the the you know the worm. The thing. active. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that was a bit hallucinogenic, but I I usually stuck to regular tequila. Um, and I did eat the worm one time, but just had worm breath. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and um, but you know, like there was guys like I I wasn't, my whole thing wasn't getting into an altered state. Yeah. I was always there for surfing and I just kind of would go with the flow and I love the Mexican people. If, you know, so I, I would, I, instead of offending them, I, that's why we ate the mango, the mongos. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we didn't know, they laughed and laughed. We didn't eat too much that, you know, obviously. Yeah. And they thought that was the funniest thing ever the next day. They just go, oh, we got you guys. Yeah, we got you good. Yeah, cool. And um, Epic. But it wasn't like we were seeking drugs. We were seeking surfing and yeah, yeah, yep, cool. And sometimes shit happens. Yeah, sweet. And mate, uh, down there, did you ever surf Todos Santos? The big yes, wave? I did. Um, I went there to do a windsurfing thing with the filmmaker Scott Dietrich and Craig Halley and Richard Smith. He's a big wave rider from Santa Cruz. Yep. And and I guess Brad Gerlach was out that day, but I went. I mean, I surfed, but I I was kind of hired to do the windsurfing. And we got there and. The wind surfing, the wind wasn't right, so I just ended up surfing. And um, that Richard Smith guy at Bradger, they blew my mind. I was just going, wow, these guys just insane. They know where to be. They're just such good, big wave riders. They never got in the movie because I don't think the movie ever got made. But um, I, I took this one wave barrel on the inside, and it tripled up. And I was in there, in there, in there. And then I didn't. I just got just tripled up and I just got smacked and then I, don't, I, I thought I was going to drown because it wouldn't let you out it goes you into the boulders 
So that was about the only time, but that's a very dangerous spot. Is it? Very dangerous. Cold water, but I, I think you know, the real good big wave riders, um, like Damon Eastall and Mitchell, those guys with froth on it, um, I think I was B-League to their A-League. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Ah, awesome. Okay, Richie, uh, mate, you got a bonus Mexico story for us because you got lots of Mexico stories, but you got a bonus Mexico story. You called it Sunday Bloody Sunday. What was that all about? Um, yeah, that was um, one of the more gnarly ones that I've ever, you know, like there's always a lot of fun and a lot of things. And this one was probably the more um, realistically morbid, serious side of Mexico. Um because we go down there all the time. We have certain spots um, with San Carlos, Punarbrejos, Baja, Tip of Baja, um, then the mainland Mexico, Escondido, Puerto Escondido, of course. Yep. And all those areas. But um, this one time I had another, I think it was like a, a four-day trip with this guy. Um, he was a professional photographer. His name was Norm Vitali. And we had it. It was kind of we're doing... S- you know, some kind of a, a magazine shoot. I don't know, but he was the guy. So that was the spot he wanted, you know, because I knew the spot and it was kind of my little area. So they go, okay, Rich and Norm, we're going to go do this little fashion kind of um, shoot or whatever, advertisement shoot. Yep. It was had to do with clothing and windsurfing. Oh, yep. So this guy, he surfed. He was from San Clemente and... Norm Vitale, he actually looked like his name. Hey, Norm Vitale, kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you know, he wasn't your typical um, dirtbag surfer guy that I normally hang out with. <laughs> and he's kind of really clean and neat and all that stuff. Right. I brought him down. He was, it was really good surf and windsurfing, but we, we, and we got our shots. And um, he was going, wow, this is pretty cool, man. I just really dig this place, really dig this place. But, you know, it's time to go home and, and, so um, he was driving my ute, which was the Datsun or Dotson, however you guys say it, that I've previous taken on previous trips. Yeah, the Datsun and with the with the crazy Allen key. Datsun. Yeah, yeah, yep, and this yep. was this was after that. Um, this might have been before, but whatever. Yeah, either way, yep. Um, this place called uh, Punta Abrejos. It's a quarter of the way down, and it's right where everything starts getting desolate. So you go through all the border towns, Tijuana, Ensenada, Rosarita, all that, and then um, through a few more valleys, and you come to a little town called El Rosario. Yep. And it's, that's all of a sudden where you, you start to leave the coastline. You come down a really steep grade, hit a corner, and you turn left into the middle of the desert, and then you start your long... Um, trip down you know 1200 miles to wherever but there's only one road in baja one lane each side right. all the way down okay it's not like you know it's just yeah, no one highways. road yeah you either go that way or that way okay um and so everybody has to go on it yeah and and all, all the offshoots are little dirt tracks like going to bears for like hours or something yeah type yeah. of thing yep so that's a that's the last little place where you get petrol and your your warm beer and all that yeah and then you go down there and hopefully you know have some ice or whatever and then you have another two and a half hour drive through you know i call it the um seven valleys of of different deserts and you get there so we had a great time and it was unreal and and, you know it's time to go home and and it was was, we didn't know it was a mexican long weekend kind of like you know we're having a long weekend coming up 
Yeah. But as we're driving home, I mean, we just got out off the dirt road. Go, yes, you know, no more grinding. Yeah, bumping on the tracks. Yeah, you know, hit the only fuel station right at that corner. Um, you know, it's a hand pump, by the way. By then, you know, you have to do that hand pump stuff. Yep. And there's a, it's just a steep grade up the mountains, which separate that from, um, and then you hit the coastline because Baja is a big, giant, jagged ridge in the middle, like a the back of a dinosaur, let's say. So you have to go up this really steep, dodgy ridge. And um, most Mexicans, they have, you know, the Ford pickup. Oh, Everybody yeah. has a Ford pickup, yeah, the, the old big, ones. Big ute truck yeah. style and thing. So I'm driving yeah. my Datsun. It's hard yeah. for me to say Datsun. It's really dots of it. Yeah. Driving up really, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you know, third gear, second gear going. Eah. And these Mexicans are going beep, beep, beep. And they're up the hill and they're pat and then. There's about four of them in the back, and the two drivers, and they go, yeehaw, riba, 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 cerveza, cerveza. <laughs> and we're just going, you know, there's nowhere to turn, and there's a blind corner. Right. And they pass us, and there's and they had their other mates in another way be, you know, behind us because they obviously were lugging, and they couldn't get the speed. Yep. So these guys pass us on a blind curve. Yeah, on this ridge. each side is just, it's a 1,000-foot drop. Each side, no guard barriers or anything. Yeah, they right. Went, Missed the, passed us, got in front of us, missed the curve, and went over the cliff in front of us. Straight in front of you. Right in front of us. No and way. Four guys in the back. Well, you've just seen them sail into the abyss. We just went, wow. Oh my oh. God. And we pull over. And he goes, what do you do? You know, we want to, how do you help these guys? We look down there, they're dead. I mean, yeah. there's mangled so it's bodies. Like 300 meters, 1,000 foot straight oh, down. Oh, just. Uh, maybe maybe not quite that long. Um, I would say, you know, it's... Uh, 200 meters. Either way. Yeah, even whatever. It, even it, 100 it, meters, whatever, you, so, you die. Whatever. Yeah. You die. There's, yeah. there's, there's no... You die. Yeah. So we pull over and we're gringos. And this is, um, you know, Sunday morning. Yep. As we're just going, okay, we're going home. Woo, just get some McDonald's or something. <laughs> this this non-taco-like. Um, yeah, yeah. And the guys behind who are really drunk, they... We're going, hey, do we go down the cliff, pull up. What do we do? Man, there's blood yeah. everywhere and you know, yeah. things on fire because it was a really hot, kind of fiery day. Where it was a fire season. Yeah. So and the grass is starting to burn up. And the other guy, hey, gringos, eh. And then one gringo, go, Mexican, goes, hey, gringo, you bombanos, get out of here. He yeah. goes, you, you don't want to be here. And, no, when and I go, they're dead already, muerto, muerto. And yeah. we go, and the, you know, the other guys wouldn't give a shit. But the one guy was kind of nice. He was probably the, the least baracho, which means drunk of them all. All right. So they go, go, before, <laughs> the the, drunk guy. go before somebody else comes to Federalis. Yeah, so we left. They'll end up blaming the gringos or something. Oh, for some no, reason, just, they, yeah, you, you get in trouble. You, you're guilty for being innocent. Yeah, that's right. You're yeah. guilty for being a gringo. So uh, luckily, they'll make you pay, we, we or pay some money or something, won't they? Oh, we'd be in prison still, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we looked at the dead bodies and it was just fresh. I go, yeah. oh my God. So that. You know, we were we weren't drunk, but we were that really sobered yet for not even drinking. Yeah, and we, those guys, I don't know how whatever happened, they dealt with it. Yeah. So we're driving north, going, oh, wow, Norm, and the guy, he goes, wow, Rich, that's heavy, and because he yeah. was like also seven um, people just died in front of you. Yeah. yeah. And he, this guy, he was high end. You know, he worked for Associated Press. He was, you know, like a journalist also, besides being a you know professional photographer. Yep. And. He was in a different league than I normally travel with, you know. So he he, he had a lot of um, 
you know, reputation. He, he was a solid, serious guy who had connections. So he goes, that was heavy, Rich. Man, but he's taking pictures. <laughs> Yeah. It, uh, the, just like in the, the movies, clip. you know, like yeah. in Salvador or something, ching, 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 you know, you know, with the old kind of camera. So we're driving, yep. I'm going, okay, wow, that's heavy, heavy. And then there's, um, so well, let's get to Kamala or San Vicente, and it's an, another, it's part, we're trying to get to Ensenada. Yep, trying to get up to the border. Yeah, and then it's a little valley, it's a really cool little valley, there's a town in there, it's kind of a farming town, central little area in the middle of this transpeninsular highway. And before we get there, we're going, oh, wow. And then there's a guy, there, all of a sudden we just see this huge crash and people started getting around. And this is just about an hour after the really? other one. There's What sort of crash or cars are in this one? Uh, a, a big tr uh, cow truck coming, um, going southbound and this guy was going northbound. Again, Baracho drunk. Really? And, and all of a sudden, all these people, you know, there's no cops or anything, so people just coming out of the woodworks there, like off the farms and they'll... Yeah, um, goat pens and things before we get to the town of San Vicente and he's in you know the, the highway's blocked you know it's the only highway there Yeah, it's blocked so people are going around dirt tracks and we get to it and the guy's head's cut off the only thing um, you know the, the driver his head's sticking out the window and we have to you know almost brush our arms against it oh man the only thing hanging on was just the um, skin of his neck oh, and these heavy these uh, pipes in the back of his truck would kind of sliced his head and shoved it out there. The other guy's bloody and all that. And I'm just going, oh, wow. This, and I'm driving now, and Norm's sticking his hand Jeez. out, going, chick, 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 keep driving, Rich. Slow, slow down, slow down. Oh, I got, chick, chick. I'm going, Jesus, morbid, man. Yeah, that's some pretty gnarly photos. <laughs> We're the only gringos. And then, they, and then Max is going, eh, rare, that gringos, bominos, bominos. Bominos? What's a bominos mean? Bominos means get, get out of here. Let's huh. go or go. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah something go. like that. And yeah. um, basically they're saying, is you know, and they were all drunk. The whole, wow. and then we're going. Fuck, everybody seems to be drunk today because we were stuck in the middle of the desert, away from towns, right? For for a week. Yeah, you're out surfing, windsurfing yeah. for well, like a week or something. We're from civilization. Yeah, had no idea of this Mexican holiday. This big long weekend holiday. Yeah. Everyone's just getting boozed and so going there's crazy. two more guys dead. There's nine, and we're just going. Wow. Oh, jeez. Oh, am I? I don't know, man. I've never seen anything like this before. But we keep driving. Let's go. Get, you know, Ensenada. And that's the big major town. Um, it's a port town. You Todos Santos and all those places. Yep. And that's another hour and a half from Tijuana, the border. Yeah. So we're trying to get there. And then we want to get home. You know, it's only yeah. a few hours <laughs> driving. True. But it, like I say, the weather was hot. And all of a sudden, we, we go up this other um, cliffside, you know, to get through another valley. Yeah. To, to get to another ridge. And it's uh, Santo Tomas. It's a wine valley there. And the, all of a sudden, down below on the bottom, and we're on the top of the hill with those sides, and this fire is just raging up the hill. And you know how fast fire travels. Up the hill, going, too, yeah. We're just going, whoa. And, and we, how we, we, we don't want to stop. We want to get through it. So we just went, you know, my car is chugging. It's only a four-cylinder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What it, probably like, loaded with <laughs> three big windsurfers and, and, and all your go, gear. We, if we turn back... First of all, you don't back downhill because yeah. there's a million cars behind you and we go over the cliff. Yeah, some truck will smash in And we just here. went, we're committed. So we went right through the fire. No way. And, and I mean, it, it was raging. And I'm just going, oh, wow. There's blood everywhere. What blood a everywhere. gnarly day. And we get through that. And that's about an hour, oh, probably hour and a half, two hours since we left. You know, nine dead bodies. We keep going through, keep going through. And then 
we get over that ridge, and the next, uh, you know, we try to get this place called Monteadero, which is on the outskirts it's of Ensenada, and all, all the civilization starts, you know, building up from there. It's kind of yep. like, say, you go to Mandra, and then you hit Perth. Yep. Um, and yep. then there's another crash. What? More, I, this time, there's dead dogs and things. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't really see. There were probably dead people. Another crash. At, at the Mexican holiday. It wasn't no, the Mexican holiday. No, no, no. no but it wasn't the Day of the Dead holiday. Because, yeah. The Day of the Dead. It like, was? Um, it no, was it wasn't the Day of the oh, Dead. But I've geez, been there on... Say. Maybe I, that's I, where it comes from. <laughs> well, the Day of the Dead is Halloween. Oh, and okay. I'm, I've been there down in Oaxaca on the Day of the Dead. And, oh, yeah. they, they, you know, that's a different religious type of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> but this was... So I'm calling this Sunday Bloody Sunday. And, I, yeah. and I've got more dead people. And we, so, we're just two or three hours out of we left. No way. And we almost get burned alive. This is that. And, and finally, you know... And I've so always the, been lucky so, all my life, and I go. I think my luck's running out, Norm. <laughs> I, uh, normally, I just I just want to get that McDonald's burger. I want to get across the border, yeah, clean because yeah, you know, having a shower in two weeks, yeah, you know, like yeah. right on this side of the border, yeah. I swear to God, there's a fence. This side's dirt. That side's green. Yeah, right. And it's uh, that you clear can fly over a plane, and for some reason, the dirt's dirtier in Mexico than, <laughs> than that side. It's bizarre. <laughs> That's maybe they call us gringos, where the green grass grows. Yeah, oh, I see. Seriously, that's that's a theory. But is it? Yeah, yeah right. uh, hey, who are those guys over there? Oh, those are guys who come from where the green grass grows. <laughs> yeah, the gringos. Oh, I never knew that. That's yeah. pretty sick. And so, um, so the third crash was more that, fatalities no, that, that, that as was, well. That was yeah, the third crash, but the fourth incident. Yeah, in yeah. Two and a half hours. But there was still fatalities. Oh yeah, still the, fatalities. And this oh, time we're man. just going no stopping, no yeah. stopping. We, we've been warned twice for the, the Le- previous. Learn your two. lesson. Get just, out of here. Hey, Either, and, and that's where we found out why I keep you guys everybody's dying can't we help no it's a Mexican holiday well, bonus bail get, get out, out of here, here. you big yeah. trouble wow, and they were right. nice of them to yeah that was cool yeah but um, I go hey Nora man I'm not feeling good about this I think we're not gonna I go tell you what and for still- once I made a good decision I go let's just stop yeah and there's a motel over on the beach in this place out of the way Monia Daryl and, and, and we count our blessings. Yeah. And we spent the night there in, in this Maniadero place. Woke up, you know, and, and um, somehow we got a hold of some family across the border. And, and him having his um, Associated Press credentials and all this, he was telling all this. And they go, hey, that was the smartest thing he ever did. Because we would have never made it through Ensenada or Tijuana or Rosarito. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, Cartels yeah. and all that crap. Yeah. Just drunk and that was Mexicans the, going crazy oh, everywhere. And, and anti gringo, it was a you know, it's like um, kind of in Hawaii where they have Kill Halley Day. This is like yeah. anti gringo day oh, because right. it's their independence. And Mexicans and Americans, you know, yeah. They've, yeah. they've been at war from the beginning, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've never known that because I'm pretty naive about you know, just being a young kid and not, just chasing surf, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so I'm not involved in all that, but so I was learning a lot from him. He's telling me this Norm Vitali guy. And um, so the next day we had a, we slept there and everybody's hung over. So yeah. we, we drove in the morning yeah. where the Mexican holidays, they're all sleeping. Yeah, get Whoever up. Whoever wasn't killed was yeah. sleeping and we get across the border. <laughs> and then that, so that was what we called Sunday Bloody Sunday. And I, I think that would be um, the more serious side of all, all my expeditions, which is there's always, a, there's always a funny side. You could get, you know, get the best out of everything. Yep. Even if you get in trouble, you can always find a funny side. This one, I didn't find a funny side. No. Wow. Sounds like you were pr- oh, pretty lucky to make very it lucky. through that. And just to add to it, in Mexico, God, I've seen a lot of deaths there um, throughout the years. 
you know, traveling on a bus as, you know, uh, with a surfboard and, and a milk crate with my clothes in it. Yeah. And they drive fast. And then I like this one place down by Puna Abrejos in San Ignacio. There's another cliff like that. And so, you know, you, it, there was just a bus crash and there are people still laying in the road. Um, and the cops and the ambulance haven't got there yet because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I go, can't we stop and help them? And they go, no, you can't. No, no somebody will come along. And, and people just, dead people and, and injured people. Yeah. And that's what the bus driver said. And he goes through this ravine and gully. And there's a sign at the end of all these gnarly turns. It's called per- Curva Peligrosa, yeah. dangerous curve. The signs at, after you've passed these dangerous <laughs> curves, through them then all. they go, dangerous curve. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, there's a thousand people dead over there. Yeah, yeah. If you put they the didn't sign get a chance the st- to read it. <laughs> oh, and this is, I swear to God, uh, I'm not, uh, you know. You can't make this stuff up. I, you, can't, I, 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 you just like, go, it's true. Yeah, crazy, man. Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. You, so moral of that story is if, there's a, if you're in a surf trip in Mexico and there's a public holiday going on, stay off the roads. Yeah, stay off the road and stay inside. Stay inside, yeah. Yeah, and, and learn a little Spanish. Yeah, fair call. <laughs> <laughs> so you understand when they're telling you to leave, all right? That's a, oh, it's gringo. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a gnarly, gnarly story, Rich. Um, yeah, it was sad. But it was a true thing, and you know, you just learn from those. Yep, cool. That's some absolute quality Mexican again. stories there. <laughs> I'm sure you've but probably got just, even more. I was angry for a while. Yeah, you, were, you. Were, I mean, you've probably got a million Mexico stories. You touched on briefly in one of our okay. breaks here that um, just how dangerous it really was. It was hard. It's yeah. hard to um, portray how dangerous it was. And you just said a, a lot of people you knew just literally went missing and got killed down there. Yeah, and, it was um, a pretty gnarly and time. survived and buried him in and then ended up killing themselves. Uh, my one friend, best friend, like I told you about before, Nigel, who Rick Rasmussen took his girlfriend. Yeah. They didn't take his girlfriend. Yeah, Nigel yeah, yeah. didn't really want her, but she yep. was hot. But, um, <laughs> but what happened was he got robbed. He went down in a, in a combi van by himself. And I used to go to Mexico with him and live with him a long time, but, he, he, he was kind of a really good guy, but he's very, he had a depressive um, Element. personality. Yep. Um, I think he inherited from his mother and father. So he went down in a VW van with all everything he owned um, down to Cabo San Lucas. And he got robbed by some Mexicans. Shot, they, he got robbed and they shot him, left him for dead, shot in, in, in them, knocked him out, left for dead. And the cops came, Mexican cops came, and arrested him for being robbed and shot. No way. So he got thrown in jail for being robbed and shot. <laughs> and they, they go, oh, man. well, who robbed and shot you? All oh, these Mexican guys. Oh, well, then you're, in, then you're guilty. No So they way. threw him in jail. Holy shit. So he's in jail with a bullet still in his foot. Wow. And he just, nothing. And so somehow, you know, there's kind of like the, Mex- the cowboy movies. Not very good jail. You could get yourself out with Adobe bricks or something. So he pulled himself out. He makes himself out with his funky jail. Gets on the road and um, runs into some American um, girls or something. And he goes, I, tells him, sorry, okay, we'll hop in the van. He hides and goes south instead of north because they'd be looking for him if he went north to the border. Right. So, so somehow he gets, somehow he escapes to, uh, to San Diego, yeah. the border, and he gets across without any passports or identification. And, you know, his foot's getting gangrene still got a bullet in it yeah still got a bullet so he pulled out the bullet saved his foot and he saved so he kept the bullet around his neck for a long time did he yeah <laughs> yes. yeah and then um excellent he lived in hawaii and um 
you know, he just, like I say, he got really depressed. He said he was going to shoot himself when he turned 50, and sure enough, he did. He did. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's gnarly.